Peace, peace, family. This is um Brother Garfield, Dagger Squad. We in the building. Got my brother Black Panther, Sister Monica in the building on the panel. And um, let me just start to show off with a little video. You know, this week where I was on, um, I did a call in. You know, pastor was debating on um, Brother Jabari. I said, let me just do a little recap and show this video here. Get to the final conflict. Are you aware of it? All right. I'm, I'm saying that, no, I'm not. I said not so much, but I'm saying this, though. According to the scriptures, they don't have anything to do with it. They're not going to start anything. Okay? All that is a scrimmage. Just like when North Korea and the United States talk about fighting now. That ain't gonna be nothing but a scrimmage compared to what's getting ready to happen. I'm telling you that that is devastating. That's what? I think that you believe that because the Bible is literally the scroll for all of humanity. Say that one more time. I'm sorry. Say I'm sorry. Say that one more time. Okay. I think that because you believe that the Bible is literally the scroll for all of humanity. Is specifically Respect to Brother Jabari, peace and love to the pastor, peace and love to Sarnetta. Um, 
Let me say this first and foremost. Um, there is an issue. I had to call in for this issue because there's a misinformation that's going on in the public regarding this issue. Me and Zion had this conversation where he responded to me, and it was about Taharka, Sinarchib, and Hezekiah. Hezekiah and Sinarchib were contemporaries, but um, Taharka was around four years old at the time this incident happened. So historically speaking, we know Taharka beat up the Assyrians three times. And this was from 680 BC after that time when Esarhaddon was king of Assyria. So Taharka could not have come and saved the Israelites because he was around four years old. So the Bible, the biblical text is incorrect, historically speaking. Now, I'm going to say this to the brother preacher. And if you read Isaiah and, and you know the story about Hezekiah and these 185,000, look at this. Let me say this to everybody that's listening and to Sandeda. If you have your two beautiful daughters, would you give up your two beautiful daughters if your God killed 185,000 people? If my God, Yahweh, killed 185,000 soldiers from the enemy, would you now give up your daughters to say, you know what, let's keep the peace? Because my God is big and bad. I don't need to be your friend no more, Assyrian. Go to hell. But guess what? <laughs> Hezekiah gave up his daughters. He gave up his daughters. There's nothing wrong with that because that's what they did in the ancient Near East. When Ramesses and the Hittites, the Hittites gave up their children to Ramesses and whatever. And they married, intermarried. There's no problem with that. I have no problem with that part of the story. But if your God is big and bad, as you're saying, brother, and the prophecy is true, I'm telling you the prophecy wasn't true because it never happened. So now you're saying on Sarnetta, which is misinformation based on your book, but when we go back to the records, we have Taharka's records. And Taharka never had no beef with Sinatra. It's not written on stone. And the Assyrians never said they had beef with Taharka during the time of Sinatra. So who is right? Oh, yeah. is, the, is the Assyrians correct? Or are the Egyptians correct? Or is only the Bible correct? This is what you call comparative research, brother. And what's lacking in this conversation, no disrespect, Pastor Russ, but you are in no league of Jabari. And Jabari, you don't need to debate this, Pastor. Because you don't understand 90% of the stuff you're saying. And it's not a disrespect because his mindset is that he's a believer. Now, can he show me his lineage from 2,700 years ago all the way back. He's talking about that the Holy Kingdom says Judah. When it doesn't even says Judah, it says Wida, which was named after a bird. This is even on Wikipedia. He's in your way, you Jabari. This is baby stuff. And I'm going to add to all the people who are listening who believe in the Bible. Listen, man, continue believing in the Bible, man. Ain't nobody saying stop believing in the Bible. Just treat, just treat me the way I treat you. That's all I ask. I ain't going to believe what you believe. Well, I want to. I really appreciate your your addition here because there's some things that I think that people need to be aware of. I think that we need to understand that the literal reading of the Bible is a real serious problem, and and that is the challenge that we have here. I mean, there are many times that prophecies in the Bible have gone wrong. There are many times in the biblical, the historical story that we know through archaeological evidence, through outside outside textual um, support. That the biblical narrative is incorrect. And hey, they hey, want hey. us to believe. Are you saying because, because you, hold, hold on, because on, you can't understand? Pastor, hold yeah, on. Go ahead. Go ahead. I'm, I'm going to hang up. 
and I got to say this before I go, and this is very important, and I want everybody to look at this. Jeremiah 43. I want everybody to go to that. It's a prophecy, right? That these people in Israel, they forbid God and they went into Egypt, right? And God said he's going to use Nebuchadnezzar and destroy Egypt physically. Do you know that they said that they took the, all the jewelry and the gold and destroyed the temple? Do you know this never actually happened in history? Never. That means Jeremiah predicted it. Isaiah predicted it. Um, what's the other one? Ezekiel predicted, predicted it. And, yeah. and, uh, and, and let me tell you something. They all, and if you go back to Deuteronomy 18, this is why I asked Diane Lex that day, you know, when we were sitting down, because I was setting him up for the debate to bring this up. If you believe that the prophecies are incorrect, that is a false prophet, I was going to show that false prophecy that Egypt was never... By the way, Egypt was beat up because they were with the Assyrians when Nebuchadnezzar wasn't the king. When the Assyrians were trying to take back over when the Babylonians came in. That Karshemish, which is in North Syria. Yes, that happened. But the prophecy was after when they beat up Tyre and the soldiers didn't get no money. So they wanted to go to Egypt to get gold to pay the soldiers that helped them. So Nebuchadnezzar supposedly went to Egypt and beat up Egypt and took all the, the stuff and the gold and beat us up. And it's not recorded. Do you know that Nebuchadnezzar? Do you know that Nebuchadnezzar recorded that the Egyptians beat him up and the Egyptians recorded that they beat him up and then they came back and they recorded each other fight each other. So who are we gonna believe? We gonna believe Nebuchadnezzar's record or Egyptian records or the Bible? It comes down to comparative research. Yeah. So this is what happened now. If it's a false prophecy, I got to throw Isaiah out. I got to throw Jeremiah out. And I got to throw Ezekiel out. That's what y'all going to do. Because the people who are saying them is untrue from the job. These are all stories written down. I wish I could be a part of this dialogue, man. And so I could teach this pastor. Listen, bro. Live good. Treat your people the way you want to be treated. I love you, my brother, pastor. But you're way off. I love y'all sounding a piece. I'm out, man. Peace. Brother Garfield, good to hear you, man. Yes, sir. Peace and love. I think these are all questions that we have. I, I, I am not saying that the, that the Bible should be discarded. That's not what I'm saying. But I do believe that it should be written read in context. I think that it should be understood not to be a literal book. I mean, I was even going to talk to you. I, I'm glad that Garfield put us on this course because one of the things I was going to even ask you about is the destruction of, of Egypt. We know very well that the Bible talks about um, a, a prophecy of what will occur to Kenneth. Because that, uh, um, according to Ezekiel 29, verses 8 to 15, it describes how um, Kemet will be, there'll be nothing in Kemet to Ethiopia. There'll be desolate and waste that, that the, the, the creator would own the Nile, that Humans and, and animals will not actually exist there, that nobody will live there for 40 years. All of these things are things that were said. So this is why I said earlier, Pastor Russ, that often when people talk about biblical prophecy, what they're doing is what we should call cherry-picking. They're looking at some things that they can try to shoehorn into a historical record, but the reality is, if you look at the sum total of things that have been said that were supposed to occur, the reality is that many of them we know either did not occur or occurred, occurred very differently than they're described in the Bible. That doesn't mean that we should discard the Bible. I'm not saying that. But you must read it in context. And African, and I know you don't believe you're an African, and, and I, I'm sorry that you don't, but African, you should also 
use those texts, which were which were written by your forefathers, and given to you so that you could live. I'm sorry, man. My call dropped. My call dropped. Oh. Yeah. Now, I'm not running for God's field. He's talking all the stuff. But have you looked up the, look, have you looked up the, uh, uh, go look up the silent cylinder where it talks about around 701 BC when the children of Israel came, where he made a decree for the children of Israel to come back to rebuild it. Ladies and gentlemen, did you hear him just say that? The Cyrus Cylinder says that. It talks about the children of Israel. Let me rewind what the pastor says, because I caught him in a lie. And then when I called back, he denied the lie. All right, watch this. Let me go back to 149. Listen to him carefully. Very differently than they're described in the Bible. That doesn't mean that we should discard the Bible. I'm not saying that. But you must read it in context. And African, and I know you don't believe you're an African. I'm sorry that you don't. But African, you should also use those texts which were, which were written by your forefathers and given to you so that you could live. I'm sorry, man. My call dropped. My call dropped. Oh. Yeah. I'm not running for God's field. He's talking all that stuff. Have you looked up the, uh, uh, go look up the silent cylinder where it talks about around 701 BC when the children of Israel came, where he made a decree for the children of Israel to come back to rebuild the temple. Go look that up and then go, go read in Ezra and Nehemiah. And it's almost word for word and then they got it done around the time of Darius. So, you know, that stuff we're talking about, that's cool. But I got over what I'm saying too, honestly. Yeah. So how do you feel, how do you feel about Ezekiel 29? And, and we, we understand that that has happened. 
And if you disagree, and this is for future conversations here, brother. Yeah. Um, okay. Look at Ezekiel 29 and 30 and, and look at what occurs with the description of, of, um, uh, of the destruction of Kenneth. And that's the part that I was Anything about he 
Israelites are Jews. So you gave it all the information. It doesn't. Oh, okay. All right, so I'll tell you what. I'm going to, in one of my slides, when I get ready to do my presentation, I'm going to pull up that Cyrus Sullivan for you. And you tell me who the people are. I can pull it up right now. Okay, go ahead. The Cyrus Selinga, what it does mention, brother, is that Cyrus, what happened is that people don't realize it. this is why there's so much Persian loan words in the biblical text. This is what's called textual criticism. So what happened is when the Persians took over, they had to... Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on a second, brother. I could read it right now. I, ha I have it. I, yeah. I, could, I could basically Google it because it's on, it's on the internet. But it doesn't mention, it does not mention and I could bring up the um the British Museum version if you want and read it for yeah. you because what happened, brother, it does not. It does not. You can read Lester Grab's book, which I have also. It, it does not mention anything about Jews, Hebrews, or Israelites. What happened is that the Persians writing and Isaiah 45 and 44 are intermingled because it was written around the time period when the Cyrus took over. So in every culture that they took over, they write about Cyrus coming to save the people. So when you go into Babylonian text, it mirrors what Isaiah writes, that Cyrus is the Messiah and he came to save us. So in Babylon, no. I say that, hold on, so in Babylon, let me tell you, this is a teaching moment, brother. No ego here. But what happened is, what happened is, what happened, Elder, is that Cyrus took over Babylon, so the Babylonian text mirrors the biblical text because Cyrus is like a Messiah. So he comes to save them because Nabonidus, was not following, he destroyed the temples and destroyed the worship of Marduk and other Babylonian gods. So in the writing of the Babylonians, it says that Marduk sent Cyrus. In the biblical text, it calls Cyrus the Messiah. So he came to save the Israelites. So obviously, okay. so I don't know what you're talking about. I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, I don't know what you're talking about, but you talked about the Cyrus. <laughs> what you reading about, but they talk about Cyrus. Yeah. 
It depends because no, 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 no. hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. If you're dealing with it historically speaking, the Bible is incorrect. If you're going to speak on what the Bible says, we could have a conversation on that. We could have a conversation during Artaxerxes' time, or when Nehemiah came, or when Ezra said this. Or, but if you look at what God said in the Bible, God said that Cyrus would rebuild the temple. That's what the Bible says. Now, okay, okay, now hold on. So if you want to go by your Bible, I could go that way. Or if you want to go another way, I could tell you. We could go that way. Okay, go ahead, brother. 
Okay, so now, uh, this is how the Bible records it. It says Babylon is going to take over first. And when you look at it, Babylon took over most of the earth at that time. And it was known as, you know, the Southern world. Then it said that the Medes and the Persians were going to that's the, that's the second heaven. They ruled, they called them. Then they took on the Greeks, which was Alexander the Great. Then they come to Babylon and say, I'm a rabbit. And that's how it went down. Okay. Now, can I, can I okay. Second. Hold on one second. Hold on one second. Okay. And now, when you look at the uh, 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 Cyrus, the Jews, they they like corn rumors. They like corn rumors called the Medes and the Persians. That is not one of them. It's four horns, and that is one of them. Then come the Greeks. Then come the Romans. All right. Pastor Ross, can I respond to you now, sir? Yes, sir. All right. First and foremost. The Medes were conquered by Cyrus in 550 BC. So what happened is the person, again, ladies and gentlemen, who are listening, because this is a teaching moment again. You have to know ancient Near East history, which is my specialty. That is my specialty. Assyrian, Persian, all that stuff. That's what I know. That's what I studied in school. But now, listen to this carefully now. In 550 BC, the, the, the Persians and the Medes merged, merged in because the Persians beat them up. The Bible writer, what he's trying to do is fulfill Jeremiah 51.11 because Jeremiah 51.11 is the dagger. It predicted from Jeremiah that the Medes would be the one that would conquer Babylon. So now that Daniel is writing 600 years later, 200 BC, 400 years later, the person who is actually writing the book has to fulfill what Jeremiah is saying. So what he does in Daniel 5.30 is say, Darius the Mede took over after Nabonidus and Belshazzar. But the, 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 the problem is, when you look at the king's list, Belshazzar is not the last king. It's Nabonidus. That's what the Cyrus Selinda tells us. The Cyrus Selinda tells us that he took over from Nabonidus. That Cyrus took over from Nabonidus. Brother, let me finish, brother. Beloved. I Dead Sea Scrolls, 
Hadith is mixed up as Nebuchadnezzar. The story of Nebuchadnezzar is actually the story of Nabonidus. So anybody who studies history knows that they're mixed up because their name in language is NDN. DV and Nabonidus is NDN2. So the person who was translating made an error and put Nebuchadnezzar's name because he was the most popular Babylonian king. So this is stuff that yeah. people are doing in the I second century and the first century. All right? So I want yeah. everybody to understand what I'm saying. The, that Darius was not the first king after Nabonidus. He was not the first king. So the Bible is incorrect. Who said that? He was the third king. It says Cyrus was the king at the What's up, man? How you been, man? Black African power. We got the brother Ank in the building. How you doing, my brother? What's going on, man? What's going on? You at the store? Cause you always working, man. You don't sleep, man. They gotta wonder if you're really a you're really the real black atheist, cause you're an alien from Africa. So you don't sleep, bro. You don't sleep. <laughs> What's going on, big brother? Hey, just trying to hold up, and then I use the wrong choice of words. I'm holding up my end. As Africans, we should never try. We should just go in and fulfill and do what it is we want to do. Yes, All right? we, we do for self, right? And, and in the process of doing for self, we do for our family. And in the process of doing for our family, we do for the community. And this is the circle that should never be broken. So I just want to make that very clear. So, you know, it's, you know, how's everybody doing on the panel? I see the lovely sisters right there. I see y'all. What's oh. going on? Uh oh. Mo. Peace and love. Huh? What's Cheryl? up? How you doing? Love, Cheryl. What time is the grand opening? I'm coming. The 13th, 12 o'clock. Yeah, I need that. Yeah, I need that thing that download on my thing, Mo. All right, I do it today. I'm going to go. To, all right. We got to talk. I need to, sir. I promise you that. All right. Okay. You see how helpful the Dagger Squad has been uh, to me? Very, very helpful. A hell of a resource. You know, I would like to say one of the most powerful resources um, in our community, just based off of work alone, just based off of putting people in position that had a credit right and they had their daggone money right, man. Is uh, that that is essential? 
for me, that's African spirituality. So, you know, I'm always in support of the Dagger Squad. You know what I'm saying? Win, lose, or draw, I'm going to be right here. Just based off of the character of the people on the team, I think makes it, you know, one of the most valuable resources, you know, that we got. And I appreciate everything y'all have done for me. Black Panther, I see you. What's good, brother? I'm Raw Squad up. First of all, where is he? Is he? Is he? <laughs> Go ahead, Black. I've been here the whole time. Beat up this We're talking on the actual Earth, brother. Where are you? Are you around or you're not around? You ain't gotta say exactly where. You are. are you around? Or I'm in Atlanta. Okay, all right. So you're around then. All right, all right, all right. Wait, you know, you know, you yeah, yeah, yeah. You can't really tell nobody where you at because you're the future. You know what I'm saying? We got to keep the listen, man. You're, uh, you're like Neo in the Matrix. <laughs> we got to keep you safe. You know what I'm saying? We got to keep you safe. <laughs> I'm all good, man. Lafayette, Armandala, baby. For who do you to the family? Oh, I'm sorry, brother. Go ahead. Finish saying what you're saying. Go ahead. Oh, well, you know, I'm just saying peace to the family. Uh, you know, enjoying being back in the States with my family and everything, you know. Doing the things that I do, just coming on the show. Hey, let me let me hear from um the sisters first, and I'm gonna ask you an anchor question because it's a question that everybody asks me to ask Ank and you while you're on oh, the show. Yeah, hey, it ain't gonna mean nothing big. But sister Cheryl, welcome, man. Nice to have you up at after ten o'clock in the morning. Whatever. <laughs> oh, I wanted to ask her something. No, 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 don't worry about it. He gonna get uh -oh. you anyway. Cause you know, uh, uh, no, I'm asking Unc if he uh if he got my invoice for helping out at the um at the award show. Oh Lord! <laughs> Yo, we heard that can't be a backdoor conversation. Lord have mercy! <laughs> hold on, hold on, hold on! Oh, oh, the whole dagger squad. I heard Ank is the first official millionaire in the conscious community. <laughs> Oh my lord. That's what I heard. That's what I heard. I was helping out on the black um what? black award show. I'm trying to get my invoice in. Oh man. I had to fight Cheryl to help me out. She was like, What? I ain't helping you out. Get out of here, Cheryl. <laughs> you wrong for that. <laughs> no, nah, I forgot, man. The whole dagger squad was there, man. I had my back, yo. Mm -hmm. This I promise you, man. The whole dagger squad. What's up, Mo? Yes. All right. All right. Peace and love. What you got coming up? You oh, got loving the skin I'm in. And yeah. um, as a matter of fact, um, yeah, go ahead. Talk about it. Talk what? about it. Yeah, show my flyer. You don't never show my flyer. I never show you flyer. I'm going to show you flyer right now since you're going to put me on blast. <laughs> you gonna put ball food on blast. She putting everybody on blast today. Goodness gracious, Cheryl! Oh, you know, your timeline, Mo. It's on your timeline. I mean, uh, Monica. What? That wasn't me, Patsy. That was Cheryl. That was Cheryl. Boy, y'all sound so much alike, boy. See, <laughs> y'all been hanging around each other too long. Cheryl yeah. is around yeah, your time, you know, bro. She right around the corner from you. Yep. Oh, I really? Yeah. Yeah, she in Atlanta. Yeah, you should if you need if you want to get your wife into government contracting, she's right there. I'm telling you, get her while you can. <laughs> Cause I could hardly get her. Hold on a second. <laughs> I could hardly get that woman. I'll tell you that. Oh, let me put this on the screen right now for Monique. She said I don't put up the flyer, so I gotta make up with her right now because she's gonna have me up for two weeks. All right, here yeah. we go. Here you go, Mo. Go ahead. Hey. What do you think? Yeah. Yep, so we got the Loving the Skin I'm In 
Uh, Lyrical Junction is going to be happening Saturday, February the 10th here in Columbia, South Carolina. And, you know, we're loving this kid. I mean, basically, we're going to be talking about how, you know, your relationship with your parents and and um, how you the type of culture that you either grew up with, how it has an influence on your lifestyle. And particularly, we're going to be talking about hair, fashion and music and social relationships. And we're going to have a little T-shirt design contest. It's going to be a coffee house setting. So, you know, we're going to have that little float candles. We're going to have a little jazz and music going. Um, typically, the Loving the Skin I'm in events uh, uh, deals a lot about, uh, about how uh, women, young girls, deal with things in their past, neglect, abuse, shortcomings, uh, bullying, things of that nature. We tell how our stories and how we've overcome it and to be who we are today to try to help somebody else. But this one, we're going to do a little different. We're going to do a little talk show. Um, and we're inviting out anybody who wish to attend. Now, normally, uh, we don't have the guys with us. However, every event, we always have about 10 to 15. So I can't tell you not to come. <laughs> However, um, we know y'all going to show up anyways. Like Garfield, he always infiltrate the camp. Uh, it's yeah. held at the Holiday Inn Expresses Suites on the second floor, and it's free. If you're interested in vending, I think I only have four vending spots left. If you're interested in vending, you could go to the Eventbrite website, put in um, Lovely Scam I mean, Lyrical Junction, and you should see the the uh, the tickets there. But it is free to the public. And again, we just desire for our ladies, our, our young girls, our mothers and daughters to come out and just have a dialogue and a conversation. Try to break some of these uh, dilemmas or these um, these uh relationships and our added culture this year we do this once a year we do it in atlanta greenville columbia and charlotte um this is our third annual one here in columbia i added culture so you know i'm a ride squad dagger squad all you guys out there y'all influence that piece right there so i added culture so i'm gonna see how that works out because the last one i did last year um we flew in uh, what's her name? Uh, Bukiline Mine and Dr. Devanya Govan to to bring in that conversation. And um, I got a little little kickback. We're gonna see what happens this year because everybody who had kickback is now studying um some of the uh, African <laughs> spirituality. So it's real funny how this is gonna work this year. Why you laughing? Why you laughing, Garfield? I, <laughs> I snuck it in. I Are you being politically in. correct, so I'm laughing at you? Well, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I have to. You know, I don't know who's listening. <laughs> anyway, if you're in the area, come out, support. Support, support, support. All right. Sounds good. Sounds good, sis. All right. Um, Let me ask, um, before Cheryl asks, okay, she already asked Ank a question. Ank, you there, brother? I know you're doing 10 things at one time. And Panther, you did, right, brother? Yep. Where Ank at? Ank, where Sleep you at? In my kitchen, on the show. Oh, you cooking? You cooking dinner today? Are you cooking breakfast for the wife? I'm sweeping. I'm sweeping the kitchen. I'm right here. <laughs> All right, let me ask a question, right? This is a question everybody asks me, yo, get Ank on the show. Get Ank on the show. Uh-huh. Now, what is the difference? Um, First of all, Ank, this is a, I mean, I know the answer already, but for the, for the people that are listening, do you uh, believe in any form of a creator God? Lord uh, have mercy. We still answering these questions? <laughs> um, 
no not at, not at all that would be my mother okay all right now for black panther how do you interpret it through african spirituality whatever the sense that question makes i don't have to interpret it into african spirituality okay we don't have we don't have to believe the same things <laughs> contrary to popular belief right people do not have to believe the same things to work with one another and there's some things that i believe in and some things that i practice that Unc absolutely agrees with, and it's some things that he necessarily doesn't agree with. Oh, okay. It doesn't have to be, uh, you know, an overlapping, all-encompassing, we believe the same things because we're the Amaraswa. See, y'all don't know. You know Garfield because you've been on the phone with us. The reason why the Amaraswa is sharp and, and, and efficient when we go into our studies is because the first level is beating each other up. We get on the phone and beat each other up. Y'all, y'all not privy to them conversations, and it could be from anything: psychology, science. We don't always agree. I know that's, uh, you know, the consensus. Oh, Amara Squad, they just they just agree with each other. And no, that's not true. That's not the truth. We come to a consensus at the end of the argument. Yeah. But starting off, we all well, sometimes we all have opposing views. Hey, Panther. Yeah. That's just what happened. Tell you something. If everybody in the Amara squad did agree on every single thing, y'all wouldn't be a study group. Y'all would be a damn gang. That's what y'all would have been. We'd be a cult. Be a cult. I think let's say this real fast. So let's do this. You know, when people ask the question uh about uh creator, right? Mm -hmm. You know, I think the question is best answered through science. And I'm telling you this because everything around you possesses this particular energy that creates on regular occurrences. I mean, we get this idea from the Nile Valley Africans. And so when I say I don't believe in a creator, I don't have to believe in the creator because I am here and everything around me creates. So this is something that we should already know. So it's never in conflict with African spirituality. What African spirituality does, right, through mythology and through science, it attempts to explain the natural forces around them. Like, it's crazy to me when, when people ask those questions and not realize that the very world you live in, everything around you creates, whether it's the tree, whether it's the birds, the bees, the trees, the protons, the neutrons, the suns, the suns are a very, very powerful creative force. And, and so the Africans, right, through their science and through their mythology, explain these ideas and concepts. So I would never be in contrast, right, contrary to belief to African spirituality. Now, I, I, I become in direct opposition to Islam, Christianity, and Judaism because me and Ben could get on the phone and I could talk about real black atheism and the natural forces, and he'll come right behind me and give you the African concept and idea that goes right along with it. So, so that's why I am what I am. The problem is people around me just don't get it because they're Uncle Tom, Christianity, Islam, and monotheism out to death. So they don't get it. Hold on, hold on one second. Hey, Alonzo Coleman, don't get don't get like that in the chat, bro. All right, people, you want me to cut off and to answer a question about economics, bro? Is this, are we talking economics? But to answer your question, though, just to get you out of the way, rent reporters report to TransUnion. All right, so when we're talking about economics, you could ask all the economic questions you want. Right now, we're having a conversation with Brother Ank, 
and the panel and brother um black panther and the panel we talking about something else all right brother no need to get all grumpy grumpy in the chat it's all good and plus you got my number anyway you could always call me or text me. all right go ahead Ang. sorry about that go ahead no i, I mean i'm just I, i'm telling you that if you uh, a book i always tell people to get man god and civilization right and you gotta know that man didn't jump out out of nowhere out the womb of his mother writing mythology and writing this and writing that with a full-blown uh literature towards their religious ideas that just did not happen and so i think people should read those works man god civilization by john g jackson it will show you the actual steps that it took and so you got to know you got to first have cognitive thinking skills to even begin to start to put things together you know what i'm saying so you like will go to pinnacle point you know what i mean where, where, where you first start finding these cognitive ideas coming together and so early men and women did what everybody would do. Right now, if I was to strip us all down and throw us in the woods, right, and erase our memories of everything, the first thing we would do was try to find things that would help our bodily needs. Plain and simple. Like we would recognize we need water. We would recognize we need food. So that would be the first thing to do. We wouldn't pick up a Bible and start praying. We wouldn't pick a particular religion to practice. We would get food clothing and shelter first and and these things amongst early men and early women were the things that were deified so like for instance in the Nile river right happy the river was deified so why did they make happy and androgynous being why did they do that because the quality of the river shows you that the river reproduces on regular occurrences and so when you look at the river it looks like a normal river but in this river it's an ecosystem and things die all the time. The fish die and float to the bottom. The hippopotamus die and float to the bottom. The alligators, man die in the Nile Villa and River. And they all float to the bottom, right? And they chemically decompose because everything in nature is recyclable and decomposes. But they decompose and you think it means death, right? But once a year, right, the river enunciates, meaning it floods. But these things that you presuppose had died and decomposed at the bottom of the river, they resurface, right? And they're put on the shores. And that's where they get this dark soot, dark dirt from. But all these things that you thought was dead comes life. Farming, agriculture, it brings life to the community. And so this process was deified in the early minds of African people. It just makes sense. And so to the Nile Valley African, the river would represent as creator. And the same thing can be said about everything. So, man, come on, man. It's just that people have been so brainwashed into thinking about monotheism and looking through the prisms of monotheism. That's why I stress, as a real black atheist, I stress that we look through the prisms of African spirituality, voodoo, social systems. I've been saying this from day one, and I have not changed my stance, Garfield. People hey. just don't get it, bro. Hey, bro, let me tell you something, though. I mean, sometimes I make posts and, and, and Black Panther got to, well, I won't say check me, but give me better understanding because I'm coming from a monotheistic point of view. I've been mentally, I've been a mental rape victim. You know what I'm saying? Like what Rob Barn would have said. So for you to come out of and get a better understanding of African spirituality, you have to let go monotheism, yep. those three religions. But it's hard, bro. Yeah. It's it's hard. It's like you saying, "Yo, I'm gonna give up. I'm gonna give up smoking weed tomorrow." You can't do that. It's yep. a process. Yep. You can't give up. You're it's hard because it's it's the only thing you know. 
Exactly. It's the only thing you know, since, since the time that you were a toddler, your mama been taking you to church or taking you to a mosque or taking you to a synagogue or, or whatever she's been taking you to within this monotheistic uh, paradigm of Abrahamic faith. She's been taking you there. You've been learning. You've been absorbing the information like a sponge. And now, as a grown man, somebody comes along and proves to you that that's not your culture. You know so what? now you go into a what now type of uh, thinking. And then people <laughs> are presenting you information from your indigenous culture, but you're trying to conceptualize it, right? You're trying to put it in terms in which you can understand. So the only terms that you can uh, put it in to understand are terms that are familiar to you. Mm-hmm. So people put them in biblical terms. People go, oh, there's taboos in your society. Oh, uh, kind of like a list of do's and don'ts, uh, kind of like the Ten Commandments. Mm. And I have to say no, but still try to that's, – that's the greatest challenge we have uh, in this community is people that are uh, deal with African spiritual systems. Getting people to relate to things without – taking a back step and putting them back into the religious paradigm. Yeah. And like Unc said, the best way you can do that is through science. So we now we're fighting two battles. We have to raise the scientific literacy in our community, and we have to introduce concepts in our indigenous spiritual systems the scientific way. Professor James Small does an excellent job of that. There are others that do excellent jobs of that because Science is something that we did grow up with, right? Everybody took physical science and biology in school and chemistry and all of these other sciences. So if I relate it to you in a scientific way, because this is all there was with the science of our day, the science of our culture, you're more likely to receive and accept it versus if I introduce it to you in a way that is foreign to you. There are some things in African spirituality that do not translate into English. Unfortunately, we were stripped of our language, so most people won't know what I'm talking about. But if I described it in a way that is scientific and it absolutely equates, people are more likely to understand, receive, and uh, be open to it. So when we talk about the concept of a creator, the reason why I said what I said earlier was not to say that Unc is in contrast. It's to say that people always say that, you know, we, we just play off one another and we really don't, we're not really as tight as we are and all this other thing. That's why I said what I said. But Unc is not in contrast with African spirituality, being a uh, real black atheist or a uh, person that doesn't believe in the traditional type of creator that comes through the Abrahamic faith. He's not in contrast. In fact, He's actually very similar when he stated energy. Energy. There's a concept in African spirituality called Simba Simbi. And the translation is lift up what is lifting me up. And all it speaks about is energy. In Ifal, Aludamare, or Lorun, or Lofi, is described as energy. Infinite amount of energy. You will see this constant through African spirituality. They don't describe it in a way that's Abrahamic, like, oh, it's a big man in the sky or that's making all this. No, they describe it in a much more physical reality type uh, mechanism. 
So when you say energy, energy is everywhere, and there are different types of energy. All of these types of energy we call what we know as uh, aludamare. In, in Egypt, when they say the unseen or hidden force, when you're talking about Amun, when you're talking about the, the energy from the sun, you're talking about Ra, you're talking about Rube, you're talking about even Obatala in some uh, instances. So African spirituality has conceptualized the natural forces of this planet, gave them names, and they understand that working with these energies is vital for our survival. Hey, let me let me say this before I um, respond. Wow. Um, thanks for that, bro. Um, you know, it's funny. My mom was a history teacher, and, and I, I get where I love history from. You know what I'm saying? And my mom used to teach me African spirituality, although she was sending me to church. He would tell me Anansi stories. That's this is how I made the connection, bro. Once I start making the connection, I mean, my brother used to always say, "Yo, why are you taking DNA tests for? We already know where you come from already, bro. Stop it. You know, you know you West African. Stop it. You don't waste your money, man. But the, the, the issue is, Anansi stories, the foods that we eat, the spiritual systems, John Canoe in Saint Thomas. The whole voodoo stuff. I don't know why Jamaicans run from Obia, man. They act like it's taboo. But the truth is, why they, why it's taboo is because the dude that did the whole massacre, I call him one of the Nat Turners of Jamaica. He went from plantation to plantation, was killing white folks in Jamaica. And what happened is he used to always clap the powder, his hands, like how LeBron and Kevin Garnett do it before basketball game, which is a part of the spiritual system of the Ashanti. When you look at the Ashanti, how they bury in Jamaica, how they would dip the body three times in the grave, you see the, the West African, Ghana, Akan, Ashanti connection. You see, oh, the, it's there, bro. She was teaching me African spirituality with the, with the stories of Anansi and with us eating Aki, with us eating breadfruit, without, you know what I'm saying? The culture was there, but it wasn't 100% where it should be. You know what I'm saying? It was still Christianity. Another thing I want to bring up real quickly is that a lot of folks that comes out of the church trying to make the African spirituality what they was doing in the church. So they want to make, Correct. if they call it a science of what we call, we call Kemet, they, they want to turn Kemet into how they used to follow the monotheistic religions. I don't know if Ank is here, Ank, going, on, going on that a little bit, man. That's, that's a problem I have with a lot of folks who start following Egyptian stuff. You know what I'm saying? They want to turn it into or even African spirituality. I see people talking about how they're going to pray the best to kill me. This Nawapian told me, I'm going to pray the best so best to kill you. And I'm like, laugh. I'm like, are you serious, bro? You know what's deep, you know what's deep though? Watch this. I like to always consider myself a bridge and real black atheism as a bridge. Because I'm going to tell you this right now. For you to get to the point where Brother Ben is, Brother Saw, uh, Sister Naya, um, Nahisi, Wuja, you gotta completely dismiss yourself, right? Out of the mindset of a God through the prisms of monotheism, through the prisms of racism, white supremacy. You would literally have to become a non-believer in that. You would literally have to understand that I'm no longer supporting the state-sponsored religion. And that is where the rubber meets the road. Most people can't do that, Garfield. They can't do it. They run from me in fear. But everybody I just mentioned, right, has walked through that prism and said, you know what? I do not believe in that. You can act into a man or to a woman. 
That is the bridge and the filtering system that allows you to come over to African spirituality. Now, what you just mentioned, Garfield, is people that have not went through that prism. So what they do is they take that baggage with them. And so they practice African spirituality the same way they would practice monotheism because it gives them comfort. It gives them absolute comfort in what they're doing. So they'll start praying to best. They'll start doing the exact same things, right, that they did in monotheism because they have not been through the prisms of, 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 the, of, of taking themselves away from the monotheism, the racism, white supremacy. Mm. So I always consider myself the bridge, Garfield. My, the bridge to take you into the paradigm, into a cultural perspective where you can feel proud, right, to look at the world through the view of your ancestors instead of looking at the world through the view of those who have murdered, raped, and enslaved you through the prisms of racism, white supremacy. How many of us can do that? When you start to do that, you start to build strong relationships and people start saying, well, why? How is y'all staying together? Well, how's this? Well, how's that? Because we're looking through the world through the eyes of the African. It gives us an, it gives us an advantage of support. It also builds a support system. And we can have good conversations on what's right, what's wrong, how we should treat each other, and, and keep the character in play. See, character will break you down. Yeah. And the monotheism destroys your character as a human being. Whether you recognize and if it or not. It destroys your character, it destroys you. Because your in African spirituality, your character is your destiny, and your destiny is your character. And as and as my Bible always told me, you can fail your de you, you can never your destiny can never fail, but you can fail your destiny. And what that means is there are many different paths in life. And if you have bad character, you're on the wrong path. You're not going to become what you need to become for your people, for your family, or your community. Because character rules the day in African spirituality. It beats any, any, any amulet, any so-called juju, any protection, ritual, anything. Character rules the day. And if these monotheistic religions destroy your character, they are destroying you. Back. It's that simple. And, and what people probably won't believe, but I'm going to say it anyway. Brother Unk helped me understand more about my spiritual system from studying science, from getting me into science journals, from getting me to, to, into a paleontology, getting me into archaeology. I started to understand African spirituality not only from the ritualistic sense, but from the sense of the elders. Because when you talk to elders, they'll tell you this is an earth-based tradition. This is a nature-based tradition. And this is why we did this and did that. And they'll explain it to you. And I started to understand what they were saying because I would say, man, I understand why they deified this and that and this and that. I understand it. Because you start to realize how important, for example, how important is iron smelting to the African, to its development? <laughs> it's immensely important. So with such an important occurrence being iron smelting and that opening the way for trade and weapons and, and, and shelter and all these things, the Africans had to deify that 
in a manner in which it would be a force that was that was so big that they had to worship it. This is that, why we have Ogun. This is why Ogun is one of the most feared and most powerful Orisha in the pantheon, and he's in multiple pantheons. He's not just in Ifa. He's in Voodoo. He's in a Haitian Voodoo. He's in a Trinidadian uh, version of Voodoo. He's in Kendoble. He's in Santeria. He's everywhere because the iron smelting is so important to the African. Even if you go to some places in Nigeria in their royal courts, when when we do our thing in the uh, I mean in the courtroom, when you put your hand on the Bible and you raise your right hand and you say, "I swear to tell the truth, the whole truth." Nothing but the truth, so help me God. They don't do that in Nigeria. They do a version of it, but the person will kiss a piece of iron before he goes to take the trial. That's how important iron smelting is to these people, because in iron came war. Out of war comes truth. So if you're <laughs> going to tell the truth, we need you to, 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 to swear on this iron, brother, on our tradition. Not on no Bible. Not on no other book. Not other, another volume of sacred law. On this iron, on this truth. What we know to be true in our tradition. This is why we have that. So in studying that science, it helped me gain a better understanding. Facts. That's a fact. And so, and so watch this. <laughs> and this is what I had to learn at the ripe old age of 50. And why and why the whole squad to a man makes this statement. We do not debate those who are not our equals. All others we teach. It's a reason for that statement. If you don't debate people who are your equals, it will become a shabakery. It will become a moment of tomfoolery and hominins, cussing and threats and a whole nine y'all. Y'all seen it unfold. Y'all seen it. And so no matter what nobody say, no matter what you may think, no matter what you think you might pray to, there is not one culture that has existed on planet Earth that has made it without science. Science is simply the study of mother nature. I'm going to say it again. Science is simply, right, the study of nature because nature and God is one and the same. Plain and simple. So you can't find one culture, the good ones, the bad ones, the winners, the losers, that did not study nature to help them govern themselves in the ecology that we call nature. Not one. And people will argue against that with their misunderstanding of mythology. So we make the vital mistake of what? One, thinking that science has to take away mythology or mythology has to take away science. No, 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 that's not it at all. And I always like to come to Diop's work when dealing with that part because this is vital in what they did. So we always heard the elders say what? We heard the elders always say, well, that the Egyptians, right, they they practice um, uh, science and religion, and they wasn't in opposition. We heard that statement, right? All the time. All the time we hear this statement. So what did they really mean? 
they was trying to show you that a mythology, right, is cultural. Science is also cultural. And these two work together hand in hand. And so the mistake that this community makes all the time, the African-American community in general, we will try to use religion for things, right, that religion wasn't even made to be used in. Like, you can't use religion to pay your rent, not unless you're the preacher and drawing people in. You feel me? <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> really, you, you can't use religion to block a bullet. Facts, facts. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You can't. You, you can't do. So we use it all wrong. So we want our relationship to be better in our household so we go to Jesus or go to Allah, Allah's will. Man, that's not it. You go to a relationship counselor or, 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 or tried and tested uh, um, elder in the community that has been working on relationships for many moons for a long time. So they got it. See, that's what the kidnapping did. It made you not understand how to use your tools and what to use your tools for. It got you mixed up. And so the black community will use religion to try to solve problems where science is best fit for that. You know what I'm saying? In economics, like uh, most of our problems will be gone if we stop feeding the beasts. If we stop giving our money to support systems that take the money and end up only supporting themselves. This is a major issue in our community. You know, we practice economics right here. We practice black economics where we dedicate ourselves to support. Everybody on the Dagger Squad has supported the Amara Squad and vice versa. So if you come against the Dagger Squad, you're coming against the Amara Squad. It just is what it is. And we're talking about economics now, spending money with each other. Plain and simple, Ben supported me when I had uh, a Protestant goods, right? And I support Ben when he got Protestant goods. The same with Garfield, the same with the whole nine yards. We support each other because that is spiritual right there. The therapeutic value of each one helping each other because we all support each other. We're going to always have something. It just is what it is. And if you get one sided, man, be woman enough and be man enough to step up and say, you know what? I think you should do this based off of this. And good character will always win the day and say, you know what? You're right. I, you know, I, I might have missed that. You're right. That's what good character is. And so in our communities, in, in the conscious community, we use pseudoisms, right, to try to fix things where only science can fix things. Like if you're thinking you're going to astro project and get away from racism, white supremacy and find answers, man, you tripping. You might need that for some type of relaxation tool, but it definitely ain't a tool to come up against racism, white supremacy. And that's why we start the pseudoisms and, and start teaching pseudo this and pseudo that to let you know that you're using tools out of order. It's just not going to work. And so the Africans had points here. Right, and Diops clearly shows this. I'm gonna show y'all real fast. I'm gonna let somebody else get the mic. This is the point I want to make real clear. That's why you gotta read. And I know Ben read it. Get the book Civilization and Barbarism. Right, go to page three thirty-five. You ain't read this yet. Yeah, man. You know I got that in my library, man. You know I gotta honor my great ancestor, uh, Sheikh Antijouk. Uh, from Dakar, Senegal. That's 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 my that's in my family. I got jokes in my family. Yeah, you actually that's went my there, man, right? right there. Went there, didn't yeah. You? I went to not? the university. Uh, oh, check it. Me and my wife went uh, to the university, and they got the big UNESCO symbol there. That's how we knew we was in the right place. 
and, uh, <laughs> you know, and, and I mean, it's, it's, I mean, they, they getting it in out there, but, but I'm going to tell you something about that university that people might not know. Well, let me read this first for you. Tell the, me. Uh, Hold on. Ben. Okay. Go ahead. Now let's come to page 335. Uh, and at the top, the subheading is, does an African philosophy exist? Right. Um, this is in a chapter of science right here. As a matter of fact. And that's a dope chapter right there. <laughs> All right. Math and science. So watch this. You come out to the last paragraph uh, in the middle of the book. It says, watch this now. It says science was in the hands of and developed by a body of service to the state with which it was born. So remember, science was born and developed right in the hands of the state. Okay. With which it was born. It said the clergy source of science in Egypt. So it's telling you right there that the priesthood or the clergy, whatever you want to call them, right, were the source of science in Egypt. It says, and the state that it serves. So the scientists and the priesthood actually serve the state. It says the state that it serves can therefore not enter into conflict for the sake of science or anti-intellectualism or, or, or um, secretarism as in continental Greece. So in continental Greece, which they claim is the foundation of European society, their religion was in conflict with science. Now watch this. In Athens, where Agnagoras, Socrates, Plato, and Aristotle were all sentenced to death, or almost were, because they taught scientific ideas recede from Egypt and well ahead of local institutions. Yeah, see, this is where we get the real black atheism from. It say, while the Egyptian religion encouraged science, so that's why Ben and them ain't gonna throw me out the damn building, because the African religion should encourage science. It's telling me right here. Athenian religious traditions protected itself from science of the Egyptian origin. And this very special situation explains the difference in the compared evolution of the Egyptian and the Greek societies. See that? So when y'all howling and screaming about, well, you know, Uncle Real Black Atheist, how can I use Amen? Because a real black atheist is simply those who adhere to the rigors and the understanding of wanting to be, fighting to be scientifically literate, which is not in opposition of African spirituality. We can't get this idea in our head because we have been Uncle Tom monotheistic out of our minds. That's why we don't get this. So to ask certain questions of, well, do you have the creator? Man, I'm a scientist. And what I do is not in opposition of what Ben does, of what Asar does, of what Sanjeti does. It is not what Wuja does. It is not. It can't be. 
because that would not be African. That would be Greek, Indo-European. Remember the Greeks, the Indo the Greeks murdered people because they practiced science. That went against the state-sponsored religion. They did that. Remember Europe, the Christian Europe. Man, they murdered people for trying to practice science. And it put them in a dark age. Do y'all remember that? That's when you go to Cordova and Spain and Seville, where, where, where the Arabs, right? They build the school called the House of Wisdom. And from that school of the House of Wisdom, right, they send information to Cordova, to Spain. The Europeans wasn't with that. They was always in opposition to that. They just started getting their minds together recently. I promise in the 1800s, they fought against Darwin and Darwin's science and saying that human beings come from Africa. They fought against that. Before Charles Darwin and, 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 and a few European scientists, they the whole world thought, well, not the whole world, European, European nations thought that human beings and the world started in the Bible. Usher, Bishop Usher, he read a passage in uh, the Book of Kings right, where the king Nebuchadnezzar died, and he went back in time, he counted the generations, probably 139 generations, back to Adam, and he said that took us back to 4004 BCE uh, at about 12 o'clock or, or, or 945, that's when the world began. So before Darwin and them, you know what I'm saying, they was all thinking, you know what I'm saying, that the world started with Adam and Eve, and it was the scientific community that changed that. I just want to make that clear so y'all can really understand what's going on. Go ahead and rewind the daggone video, right, and take notes on what we're talking about today. Maybe we can get some clarity on said subjects. Go ahead, Brother Ben. I mean, you're absolutely correct, man. I mean, uh, science is something that we cannot ignore. And it's something that we must have for the advancement of our civilization. You sound a little low. I sound a little low? Yeah, you're good now. You're good. You're good. I got the super phone. Okay. There you go. <laughs> I always talk about my phone, man. We got the same phone, but yet. Sound like that Obama phone. I hear echo, though. <laughs> wow. So now you I get got that the Trump phone. Hey, hey, Garfield, you get that. Trump all of y'all. Nah, not position, man. Science is not opposition of Africa. It can't no, be. That's not, not, not African. Yeah, that's not African then. Hey, Ben, Ben, Ank, I, I don't know if you guys yeah. are familiar with this. I got to play this video. It's two. It's a minute and a half long. It's a product called the Royalty Gem. And I think what you guys do, it would benefit you because... It's a little keychain you wear on your, 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 your put on your keychain, a little box. And it sends out a text message to anybody within 100 feet, 100 yards, I should say. And anybody who has a, um, an Android phone. So that means if you're selling your sneakers or Nagas, if you're going like a football game, everybody in that football who who's using their Bluetooth is going to get a text message from you without they even knowing. All you could just say is, that, hey, are you familiar? Did you just get a text? And as soon as they press on it, it goes right to Abjuweer website or to Pantherweer or whatever. Take a look at this real quickly and tell you what it does.
I just wanted to share that because y'all were talking about y'all sneakers and promoting a phone. So I said, let me just bring this up just to bring some <laughs> balance or whatever. That's dope, man. Yeah, yeah. I actually have a couple of them. And um, it's funny because when I go to Panera Bread, a few times I've gone in there and I've gotten texts from people who use the same machine that I use. And it, it's good if you go to a lot of public places. Just to put your stuff out there because you know, whenever when all I do is said, did my message is did you just get a text? And anybody who sees that, they normally press on it to be curious. So once they press on it, it goes right to your website. You set your website and it goes right to your website and you could promote your website. You know, it's easy. I mean it's 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 not expensive, you know, and it's obnoxious market. I call it obnoxious marketing because you don't ask for no text, you know. <laughs> well, anyway, brother. Oh, and by the way, my brother Nate Irvin is in the building. Nate, how you doing, bro? He has the um the new headsets, like Beats. He has okay. a new headsets that he's selling. So you see, economic empowerment is is bringing out the best in everybody, man. And that's my brother Nate. He he putting in that work. So shout out to oh Nate the Great, Nate the Great, bro. Oh yeah, I know. Yeah, I know that brother. Yeah, peace, brother. You got hoodies, hats, earbuds, and video services. So hey, he's he's getting into the economic game big time. He's no longer top flight security alone. He's doing economic empowerment. <laughs> Shout out to Dr. Mayat in the building, man. How you doing, sister? Good to see you in the building. All right. Please stop. Hi, Dr. Mayat. Here you go. Here you go. <laughs> oh my. I ain't get that kind of ovation. You know what I'm saying? Black Panther. Nah, nah, we nah. He ain't no nah, we, what we, what we got was, where the money at? Where the money at? Where the money at? Where my money at? Where is it at? That's why we don't get that. We ain't no PhD. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess I got to go get my PhD. 
See that all of y'all the greatest. I'm gonna go, go to Cloud Winter School or uh, uh, Dr. Ali Muhammad. Oh no. <laughs> Come on, bro. He asked him. He asked him. <laughs> I'm out of here. Hey, you know what I made? I forgot earlier. I meant I, I, I definitely meant to mention um uh Dr. Mayotte, man. You know, shit. That's a warrior queen right there all the way. And the work she doing, I just almost forgot that. And just watching her development, you know what I'm saying? With, with, you know, with her degree in engineering and just, you know, being able to really converse with her and just talk about just like, I'll never forget the lecture that Dr. Ben did. And he was teaching an engineering class. And, and you remember that one, Dr. Ben, a, 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 a Black Panther? I think it's called Nubia, the mother of Egypt. Have y'all seen that? Yes, sir. Okay, now I want you to look at that. Look at that video, Dr. Mayotte. He was talking to an engineering class and he was asking him, well, your engineering degree is really African spirituality. And he talks about how engineering, to be an engineer, to build buildings and stuff, you have to understand stress on, on, on certain building materials. Like the higher you go, the more stress certain material, building materials will take. Certain, certain metals and certain materials can't handle stresses like that, they'll break. Certain thicknesses to the stress. He said, also he spoke of how in certain relationships, uh, if you stress a person out, you know what I'm saying? These things are measured. And he said the measurement of that thing, you know what I'm saying, was how the Africans understood God. You know what I'm saying? He said, so as engineers, you, you gotta understand, you should understand African spirituality because that's exactly what it was. That's a serious lecture right there. Who, so, who was this, bro? It's Dr. Ben. Man, Nubia, the mother of Egypt. Man, that's just, oh Dr. my God. Dr. who? Dr. Mayat. No, I was oh, talking. Oh, you gave that lecture? No, I said Dr. Ben did. Dr. Oh, did ben. he? Okay, yeah, send me that, bro. What I was trying to make was, is that you know when I first met Dr. Mayotte, uh, she was starting to come into her own, and we had these long, deep conversations. And I used to talk about engineering. I used to say, she say, well, you know, I need to know this. I said, you already know it because you have a doctorate in engineering. You know what I'm saying? And that means you really have a doctorate in natural African spirituality. You just didn't know it because the Europeans not going to tell you that's what the the Africans was doing measuring certain stresses in the human behavior and how, so like for instance, if I say, Ben, if you catch a Uber out to my store, <laughs> I'm gonna I go, have. hold on, hold on, I'm gonna go, <laughs> hold on, I'm gonna go half with you, right? And for some crazy reason, I don't make it to the store and you do. I can't come back and say, well, bro, I didn't make it. I don't owe you that half because I know what the truth is and that's going to, every time I see you, Ben, that's going to raise my pressure because I know what the hell I said. I know it's going to raise stress in me. So when you mistreat your baby mothers or your baby mothers or wives mistreat you, right? And then everybody act like that ain't what happened. Yo, it's a certain level of stress that arises every time you see that person. And so in engineering, you measure stress on everything by using mathematics. That's the only way you can build a building is to understand the different stress on certain soils. So like if you build a foundation, right, for a building on bedrock, which is the hardest substance, right? That's, that's going to be pretty stable. But if you build it on another sediment, it's not as uh, sturdy. That building will sink over time. 
know what I'm saying? So you got to be able to measure stress on different materials. This is essentially what engineers do. Well, Dr. Mike, I'm jumping back in the hangout now. She was out. So she's okay. jumping back in the hangout now. I just texted her. Okay, yeah. And so that's a that's a serious conversation me and the sister had, right? So as we watch each other development, man, I just want to make sure I let y'all know that. You know what I'm saying? That that just, just the conversation with her was serious because we both realized that, man, you already doing it. You know what I'm saying? You already measuring the natural world. That's African spirituality. And so all of us on these calls, right, are charged with adding to African spirituality, man, and, and raising our community out of the condondrum of foolery, man. You know what I'm saying? So at the end of the day, man, it's just important for us to recognize each other. So I just wanted to make that point right there. And that's deep. Hey, no doubt, no doubt. Um, let's get back to um, what we were talking about earlier, about um, although that actually is on point. Hey, hey Panther, just Google the um, Dr. Ben. And that's one of the first speeches come up on YouTube. All right, the one with oh, you, okay. the mother of Egypt. Yeah, that's hey, that's hey. He's talking to an engineering class, man. That's some, hey. Look, that's what woke me up for real. Is that the one where he got uh, Africa is the greatest in the background? With uh, is that that one? Blackboard. I don't remember. Hold on, I don't right remember. Right on the yeah, he wrote it on the chalkboard in the back. Yeah, yeah. man. Yeah, Showing yeah. the angles and geometry and math. Because he's talking to an engineering class off the chain. Okay. Yeah, that's that. That's that's that shit right there, yo. Hey, let me let me bring up something right now. Um, Black Athena. Let me bring up Black Athena for a little bit. Yeah, that's my um, shit. Right there. What is the um? You read all of them? One, two, three. Yeah, I ain't read. I ain't read from cover to cover, but I, oh. I'm I'm still in reading of it. Yep. Part three, he was dropping some serious because he was the linguistic evidence and stuff. He it was yeah. part three was pretty good. Um what how did the um the Egyptians does I mean we don't really have to talk about the book, but I just bring that just to change the book. about the book? Go ahead, that's a serious book. All right. That's what what a lot, folks, a lot of folks talk about the Egyptian connection to um to the Greeks. And um, this is what the central part of what Black Athena is about. That it was Black folks, da 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 da. Um, Can you explain to the audience um, the connection of how the Greeks learned from the Egyptians? Well, they, uh, uh, according to, I mean, it, look, this simple, man. According to what the Egyptians said, and so what Mark Bunnell did was he broke it down to categories. He talked about the Aryan model, right? This is when the Germans went to Egypt and was digging this shit up. And he talked about the Greek, the, the ancient model. So these things are essential in Black Athena. The ancient model consists of the histories of the Greeks and what they said the Egyptians meant to them. Mm -hmm. The Aryan model is what the damn Germans said that the Greeks said that Egypt meant to them. So which model are you going to follow? So he, mm. he explains these models. So the Greeks themselves say that they were a colony of the Egyptians. Mm -hmm. The Germans say, ah, they ain't know what they were talking about. <laughs> <laughs> it's just that simple, man. It is just that simple. They say that they were a colony of the Egyptians and they have it in their mythology and it's all right there in Black Athena for you to read. I, a serious damn read. Remember, that's the book that um, 
you got John Harvey Clark. That's why I don't listen to y'all when y'all say, oh, you just don't deal with no white people at all. Wait a minute. If a white person puts together a work that supports you, you would have to ally yourself with them. That don't mean you with them. That don't mean you take them to your house, but you are aligned with their work. And so we get that great debate. I want everybody to go watch this debate. All right? You remember the name of it, Ben? I know it's John Henry Clark. Mary Lefkowitz. Lefkowitz. Hey, by the way, by the way, as a side note, Jabari, me and Jabari had a conversation. He said Martin Bernal kicked his ass in a debate. <laughs> he, said, he said he beat him up. <laughs> Cause he used to defend um Clark wow. in, in 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 the university at Cornell and uh, wherever. He said what happened? He said what happened? He said Martin Bernard beat him up, man. In that debate, beat him up. Beat who up? Beat Jabari. Jabari said Martin Bernard beat him up. How he beat him up? Why he beat him up? In his earlier years, earlier years, not in his. Oh, cause he. Oh, cause he used to support who in his early years? I think Doctor Doctor. I don't know, but he said, you know, you know, Martin Bernal was used to defend. I think was it Doctor Clark or Doctor Ben? One of them in the college in the university. Yeah, he, he was. Uh, you know, John Henry Clark. Uh, did he do the forward for that book? Oh, huh? did he do the forward? Yeah, I think he did the forward. So, um, hold on, I could bring it up. Hold on. Not black. Then he did the forward in all the um, uh, Wish McComas work show. Lepone's young, not okay. Lepone's young. I know, I know, I know he did the forward for uh, Signs and Symbols of Reborn Man. Albert, yeah, uh, Albert Churchwood. Church. Yeah, Albert Churchwood. Yep, yep. Yeah, so, yeah, so, so that's to big up your point, huh? That's to big up your point. We have one of our greatest scholars collaborating with these men that are not African to put out some work to the community. Now, he wasn't, you know, with them. Nope. They weren't best friends, but yeah, he 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 did the he did the forward for these works, and these are classic works, and these works are so good, some people don't even know they was written by white men. I asked a dude the other day. I said, I said, I said, do you know who Albert Churchward is? He said, No, I, I don't really know him. I said, That's a white guy. He was shocked. Had no idea. And he's not the only person to do that. There's another book. Uh called Sacred Oracle with uh, uh, Baba Apega and uh, Philip Neomark. Philip Neomark is a white guy, but Baba Apega, who is uh, in Sanjeti's lineage, is one of his teachers, needed the funding for the book, needed the resources. So they wrote a book called Sacred Oracle, and the book, has all 256 Odus within the, and it's one of the books that is highly regarded in the community to this day. Mm. But he needed those resources. He needed that. He needed something from uh, Philip Neomar that he couldn't get on his own. So sometimes it's just a matter of that. Hey, Ank, let me, let me, let me sure. let's, get, let's get back to um the, the, the black think, thing. Yeah, and, let's and get back. You talked about the Aryan model and the ancient model, and that's very important that people need to understand that a lot of the stuff that we learn from comes from an Aryan model. So, yep. And this has to go back to our bottom line yep. of scientific research, too, and methodology, which is uh -huh. what the has been pushing for so many years. So people need to understand not because somebody writes something and put it in a book and use a model doesn't make it true. Nope. It's just that it might be biased. And, I, and I'm going to put you on to something right now that I found out when I was researching 
Sumer and all that stuff last year. We bought all these 20 books to research Egypt and Sumer. Because when Zion made a claim, I wasn't familiar with Sumer in the background. I was used to the, the old information of, of, of black Sumer and all this black talk and all that stuff. I never actually researched it. So I took the word of everybody who I knew who wrote about it. So when I looked at the, um, the book by... Um, What's the name of the guy that that, that Sanjay recommended to, um, to, to Zion? At? Robin Walker. So when I started reading Robin Walker's book, mm -hmm. I said, I don't want to use what Robin Walker used because he used um, Faraya's information. That's the brother that writes about black mm -hmm. and all that stuff. And I said, you know what? I want to dig deep. I want to find out for myself. Mm -hmm. And what I found out, bro, is that Darwin, talk about evolution. I'm going to show you a connection right now you probably didn't even know. Darwin is connected to to um to um Petrie, and I'm gonna show you how. Although they're not, they're not alive at the same time, the guy who funded or the part of the whole eugenics thing, I think he's the cousin of Charles Darwin. Second cousin. All right. So now he's the one that pushed eugenics with Petrie. So Petrie came out originally, bro, and said that the folks who built up Egypt was some folks from North Syria. That's where that whole um, the, the dynastic race theory came from. But what sparked me now in the research is that the guy that revived it was David Roll. So I found a connection between David Roll and Petrie in that they both work with the University and College of London. Mm -hmm. And that's where most of the whole dynastic race theory comes from because Michael Rice and other people were connected to the University of College of London who is connected to the guy who funded Petrie who knew Darwin, the guy who knew Darwin. So that whole research department, that's what David Rowe revived in the 2000s. So that's how deep it went. You mean, you mean Divine Prospect, best friend? <laughs> nah, it ain't best <laughs> but, but, listen, but listen to this though. What what Zion Lex forgot to tell us is that Petrie let the dynasty race theory go in 1899 when he saw evidence that the cranium research these were Negroids. And he said that the theory was wrong. And he disavowed it and said, I no longer accept it. So for him to do a research. And then the person who he's researching and basing it off changed his mind. Why did you have to push what the man said was now fake? And that's what's wrong with the research with us. We, we push stuff that we believe so that other people could say, yeah, man, you see, I got the information to back it up. Yeah, Petra did support it. But later on, he changed his mind when Morgan, the guy named is Jakes Morgan, brought the, the, the cranium evidence and showed it and showed and proved it. Nah, these are African people who were living there that grew into more um, into the people that we have today in, um, in Egypt. But anyway, um, go ahead. Um, oh, Anki's on the phone. All right. I was going to ask him to go back into, um, into Black Athena because it's important for folks who don't know the importance of Black Athena. If you haven't read it, you got to read one, you got to read two, you got to read three. Because he goes into the agricultural research, how they found agriculture in Egypt like 18,000 years ago. He goes yeah, into the that. barley. Yeah, I talk about the barley. 18,000. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Well, go ahead, bro. Floor is yours. So, all right. So, um, 
I wanted to show you right here. You talk about eugenics, right? Yes, sir. This is a mistake everybody makes. I say the idea of a modern project of improving the human population through a statistical understanding of heredity used to encourage the good breeding was originally developed by Francis Galton. That's the guy, father of eugenics. And initially was closely linked to Darwinism. Understand this, that Darwinism, right, is not in the time of Darwin. They just use his name and call it Darwinism. Darwin never knew about Darwinism. Watch this. And his theory of natural selection. So it said initially was closely linked to Darwinism and his theory of natural selection. Galton had read his half-cousin Charles Darwin's theory of evolution. All right, so he read Darwin's work, which sought to explain the development of plant and animal species and desired to apply it to humans. And so Dalton did that, all right? It's a based on his biographical studies, Galton believed that desirable human qualities were heredity traits, were hereditary traits. Through Darwin's, watch this, though Darwin strongly disagreed with his elaboration of his theory. In 1883, one year after Darwin's death, Darwin is dead now, Galton gave his research a name, eugenics. So everybody stopped the foolery and saying that Charles Darwin was in support of Galton. He was not. Francis Galton read Darwin's work and interpreted it for himself. Wrongly, I might add, because now we know that eugenics has been classified as a pseudoscience. This is where the rubber meets the road. I don't care if it's your cousin, your aunt. Your, my cousin can go behind real black atheism and read my work because I got a book. Matter of fact, I got two books. Read my work and act like the real black atheism is opposed to African spirituality. Y'all know damn well, based off what I always say, that ain't the truth. So y'all got to stop it. Everybody say, oh, Darwin, evolution. And just because people misinterpreted evolution and use it to support racism, white supremacy, what the hell that mean? At the end of the day, the raw data shows you that evolution, you know what I'm saying, ain't got nothing to do with direction. I'm going to say this again. Evolution has nothing to do with direction. So if white people was on the last scale of evolution, right, that don't mean that all the mistakes was made until you got to them and now they perfect. If black people was first, that don't mean they was greater because they was first because evolution has no direction. Evolution goes everywhere, not a direction. Just because you are here longer does not make you better. I just want to make that clear because most people don't even understand evolution. And for the record, Charles Darwin wasn't talking about evolution. He is not the father of evolution. The Egyptians are the mothers and fathers of evolution because they left a deified uh, 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 animal called Kepita to show you that they dealt with evolution. Charles Darwin is the father, right? He purported the theory of natural selection. All cleared up now. Hold on, let me point out. You just talked Absolutely. about Galton, which is very, uh -huh. very important. Uh huh. Yeah, you just talked about Galton. Let me let me share something with the the family real quickly here. 
because Galton is a is a is one of the main folks who um that I was just talking about. All right, you know it's ironic that um um Mary Lefkowitz was one of the folks that sources that I use to clarify, and she got a book called um Black Athena and Egypt Egyptological Review, page sixty five, and she talked about how the folks actually were black. And um, it's it's funny, I'm using her as a defense based on the fact that she is part of the, one of the biggest debates ever <laughs> in the history of um, the black community with John Henry Clark versus Mary Lefkowitz. And I use her work because she did a review of Black Athena and um, a recent book, I think it was like two, three years ago. And she talked about the, um, the importance of um, knowing that the, um, the Egyptians were actually Africans. Well, anyway, let's look at this article by Tristan Samuels, The Elephant in the Room Confronting Teachers' Racism, page 103. Talis does not clearly specify the type of racism that connected these divergent racist analysis of Kemet. Anti-black racism was clearly central in the racist scientific discourses. For example, Talis points out that Galton confidently asserted that the African Negro was the lowest race. Chalice also does not specify anti-black racism as a fundamental presupposition in Petrie's eugenic thinking. For example, Chalice argues that Petrie's abandonment of his new race or dynastic race theory for the Nakata one population of Kemet showed that Petrie corrected his views when solid archeological evidence was presented and that his mistake was a result of racial thinking. That's deep, family. Deep. You know, so I just had to bring it up and, and show y'all the sources for that one right there. Because Petrie, Petrie changed his mind. And I, and I hope people realize 1899 is a long time before Petrie died. He died, I think, 1930, around that time. Or 1910 or 12, whenever he died. But it was way um, after... Um, he had talked about the dynastic race theory. All right. Um, let me bring up something else. We talked about Black Athena. And we talked about um, different things, evolution, different, different. Can we talk about the D-Wave, the quantum computer they have out now? No, I would I love to know what Ankh and Panther think about that. Okay. I don't know about that. So I don't know. What? <laughs> about the what? I'm about to say that. The who? D-Wade, the basketball player? Yeah, the D-Wade quantum computer that they have um, out now. What? I never heard of that. It sounds like you the subject matter expert, sis. Yeah. No. <laughs> it's, it's sounds like you know about something. Okay, it's a computer that they have built that they're saying actually breaks through space-time continuum. Sir, I'm sorry. Did you get this from the pills? I just want to ask. It's all over the computer. They are, it's all over the computer. Come on, Garfield. Don't do that, man. Dying. Maybe <laughs> Come on, man. No, they are actually selling this computer. After right. having, I'm going to look at it. I'm going to look for it right now. Look it up. It's a D-Wave quantum computer. Oh, y'all. And this science also, don't even go there with me. Hold on, hold on. D-Wave. Nature, it's in nature. So, Angie, might pause. It's a computer. And it's a real computer. Hold on, let me share my screen. 
It's cost like eighteen thousand, man. Yeah. By the way, how did you hear about this, Cheryl? I'm curious. Garfield, I'm not going to entertain you today. Look it up. Oh, she's <laughs> not going to reveal her thoughts. About my red and blue What's the thought? I'm just saying. <laughs> hey, hold on. It's D Wave. Yeah, not Wave. Not Wave. 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 W A V E. Oh, yeah, I hear you. And, and speaking. I thought you said D Wade. I thought we were talking about that guy in Cleveland. Oh, I'm so done. <laughs> no, I said D-Wave computer. All right, hold on, hold oh. on, hold on. I, you know, I don't want to make fun of you and so and crack jokes because I just want to let you know there's a lot of shit that don't nobody ain't never heard of shit, right? So that's one thing. So y'all see my screen, right? All right, hold on. Let me take mine off because I was sharing mine. Oh, like I said, this is pure technology. This hold is on, not. Hold on, I'm going to support you. Relax for a minute. You see the screen? Yeah. So I'm in the Journal of Nature, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. All right, D-Wade. I'm using the world's most controversial quantum computer. So we're going to read this article. Mm -hmm. See, we're going to read this article, and we're going to know what the hell is going down. Let me see if I can get y'all everybody a copy of this. See, we're in the Journal of Nature. I just really did want to know what y'all thought about it, because it's quite interesting. I ain't ready yet. I ain't ready yet. How am I going to think of some shit I ain't yeah, ready? Yeah, we got to We got to no, we gotta yeah, read I, that. I thought, you know, y'all so light years ahead. I thought y'all was up on it. <laughs> no, that's, that's, can't can't catch everything, sis. Can't catch everything. You see what you did, right? All of a sudden, we know everything at all times. Hell, not, not no, but hell well, no. I do look at y'all like great scholars, though. I didn't know if y'all, you know, heard about it or not. I just thought it was quite interesting. No, I'm gonna, where, where did you read that? Appreciate it. So Appreciate based it. off of what you thought, what you think it means? Well, from what I gather in it, there I mean, they basically said that they're breaking through the space-time continuum. You what know, that, 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 and that's what they're saying. And this is all computerized. It's, it's technology. So they have figured no, out how to mean, do that. Through, no, what you mean breaking through the space-time continuum? Explain that. Well, you know, it's going into that that realm that you don't, you know, <laughs> the oh, astral planes and stuff. Oh, it's actually God. dealing with dealing with other dimensions, is what they're saying. They're saying that utilizing this computer, they are um going through different dimensions and stuff. Is what it's basically about. In the meantime, ladies and gentlemen. Okay. I mean, I mean, I mean, of course. I mean, information is always no, but but science is studying that though. Science is studying the multiverse and all that other stuff. So Correct. Uh -huh. If they have, if they have, uh, if they have an instrument in which they're trying to uh, test and measure things, that's what science does. So. Yeah, that's that's why no I thought you guys that. had heard about it already because it's very science, you know, scientific. Uh, uh, hold on, look before I jump out there, right? I'm going to make a bet, though, that wherever you heard it from, they ain't get it right, I bet you. Well, this was from the creator, the guy that actually created it and is selling it to, um, you know, these Fortune 500 companies, and they're utilizing it, studying it because it's in the, the study phase, so they don't know everything that it can do, but that is the premises of it that uh -oh. Okay, that sounds better. Wait, 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 wait. <laughs> the guy sold it to them, and he doesn't know what all it can do? 
<laughs> no, but it's still in the study phase. It's still in the study phase, but uh, that it's, yeah, it's still but, in the study phase. Okay, uh, and I'm not being facetious, but the man that created it doesn't know what all it can do? Nope, there's still... Like he doesn't have a scope of what of what he wants it to do, or... The basic scope you know, of uh, what's the... Break through space, time, and continuum. That, that is the basic. Listen, listen. Here you go. Let me read this. Let me read it. Let me read it. it, it say, unlike, yeah, I got to read it. Let me read it. Hold on. Unlike other quantum computers, D-Wave is suitable only for solving certain tasks known as optimization problems. <laughs> you know what? I'm done with this. I'm out of here. Optimization I'm done. Optimization problem. I'm done. <laughs> that's a loaded, that's loaded uh, term, you know? But you know what though, it was. A, it was what, it was what are we trying to optimize? It was, hold up, hold up. It was a great question though, because I never it heard. Yes, it was. And uh, yes, it was. actually going to read the article for myself to see what it yes, is, it because it I was. know for a yes, fact, there, if you bring it up on this show, and we're gonna get four to five thousand views, it, this is gonna expound to a whole nother pseudo conversation by a oh, lot of people. Oh, here we go. No, 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 no. Listen to what I'm saying, Cheryl. They're going to take the information that we just said and embellish it a thousand times over. Now they're going to say the clouds are being formed by this machine and the aliens are going to beam themselves from Mars and other planets with this machine. I'm telling you, that's how it goes. That's how they work. No, so, I think, you know what, Cheryl? I, I think, I think I, I'm glad you brought this up because this is what we go through. When, when you become scientific literate, and this is what I want you to really understand, Cheryl. Like, I don't know everything. But one thing I do recognize about the pseudos, they'll take what you just presented, right? This is a real thing you presented. It is actually real. But they will change the meaning of what it really does. I, this is what the pseudo does, exactly to a T. So I want you to read this article, Cheryl, and come to your own conclusion based off of the person that actually made the work published in a journal of nature. But I prompt the community, the community is about to be full of all the computer can go through the thing and how to watch. Well, you know what? I have can you look up what's his name? I'm gonna put this link in there. It's a YouTube video. And you and you can look at this at your leisure, but I'm nope. gonna throw it up in the um nope. in the YouTube videos don't count. We want to get you the actual oh, work. I actually created it though. This is the creator guy. So I don't know. I'm, I just want to know what you guys thought about it. It be quite interesting. <laughs> I mean, they did just make an artificial intelligence. A um, huh? Oh man. You share one thing in common. No, no, go ahead. Ted talk. Parents. This in Ted talk or something. Just put it up in the link. No, no, don't play it. Don't play it. Don't play it. Don't I ain't saying don't play. I'm just saying look at it at y'all leisure. I just, you know, thought it was quite an... I, I have a question. Why won't Cheryl reveal her source to us of where she heard about this computer? I, I saw it on YouTube. I was looking through. Oh, you saw it? Okay. That's all I wanted to know. Yes, the pills did talk about it. Why are you trying to hide it from us? Why are you trying to hide it from us, Cheryl? 
You I know we were going to come to the bottom of this. Wait a minute. You know we were going to get to the bottom of this. Oh, my God. I knew it. Stop laughing, y'all. Stop laughing. This is scary. I can't, man. I can't. Cheryl, 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 hold on. I'm going to save you. All you got to tell us right now is what did the pill say the machine did? That's all. I'm not. You gonna look it up on YouTube? I'm not saying anything. I'll look it up. I'll look it up. And they can go. I'll look. Let, let's change the conversation. Let's change the conversation. Good job, Cheryl. Cheryl. Good job, Cheryl. Hey, hey, Garfield, 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 Garfield. Garfield. I did mention at the beginning, right? You noticed that, right? You did tell. You did. You did okay. tell us what was gonna happen. Three sixty, and we right back at the pins, right? All right, I'm done. I'm <laughs> Hey man, no. I, I love my brothers. I love my Ebayjay brothers, man. Wait, wait. Uh, I called them. I called them Ebayjay. Before the people spoke about it, I saw it before they even spoke about it. So it's not like it's not on the news. It's not on TV. It's out. Oh, there. we're not saying it's fake, sis. We're not saying it's fake. We're not. No, no, I promise you, we're not. We were laughing because you tried to hide it from us, sis. You tried to hide it from us. <laughs> we asked, we asked you, we asked you directly. Did you hear this from the pills? <laughs> and you was like, I'm not gonna reveal. I'm not gonna reveal who I got it from. <laughs> Get it from the pills. I knew about it before they even came on and spoke about. It. Understood, sis. Understood. <laughs> But you, but you ain't want to mention them, though. You, ain't, you didn't want to put them out there. <laughs> we, we knew, we knew that it was somebody. Cause a uh, brother panic talked about it too. So go on and laugh on that. Listen, listen, listen. Let's stop. Let's stop. No. Oh, man. Oh, hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Nah, y'all ain't gonna laugh at my girl, man. Chill, chill. No, you know what? Oh, I ain't laughing at her. Chill. I ain't laughing at you, girl. Yeah. Hold on. 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 Hold not to be funny, I'm not laughing at you at all because I met you and you are a very intelligent person. All jokes aside, not trying to be funny. What I want to show you is, is that people in our community can misguide our intelligence. I too was misguided by things. This is a moment where the rubber's going to meet the road, Cheryl. I gave Garfield an actual scientific article on this particular thing. Mm -hmm. Now, Red pill, panic pill, none of them can trump this right here. Panic. Panic pill. None of them can panic trump pill. Don't I'm listen to them. <laughs> Get out. Hold on. Watch this, Cheryl. Oh, Cheryl. Listen, Cheryl. Listen. I'm not listen. That I'm watch, to them. Hold on. No, no. Watch this, Cheryl. Malachi York, none of these people. Farrakhan, they're, they're, not, they're not built for this. That's, that's not what they could do. They're not in the lab. So I am giving you an article that talks about exactly what that is. Now, if you're going to use them to defeat that article, th they have misguided your intelligence. I I'm saying this is important right now. 
because you came up with something that was real and legitimate. It wasn't pseudo at all. I promise you. That computer is not. It's real. Now, what I've been trying and what the squad and with the Dagger Squad, everybody been trying to show people is, it's not that some of the things in our, in our community people talk about that pseudo. It's the faulty explanations that they give. Mm-hmm. Seriously, read it, Cheryl. You're intelligent. You like to read. Read. I gave you got it right. Uh, you got it right. Go it back. It's on the YouTube channel. It's also in the YouTube in um the, the 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 um the chat, and I put it in the back for everybody to read. Quantum. Thank computer. you, brother. Talking about the quantum computer. So so we got resources and tools that the squad and the dagger squad and everybody else try to give people, so you can get real explanations on it. Trust me, man. Blue, blue pill and red pill, man. Man, they cool, but but I'm saying, but they don't, they, you know, what I mean, they don't really endeavor in, in in the actual scientific. So I went to the actual scientific journal. It won't cost you about three hundred dollars to be part of this journal. Who well, gonna spend that money? The only, the only thing that I have or take a little issue with is that we cannot explain everything that occurs on this planet. Right, you right, know, sure. at some point, it's a spirituality thing. So that's my hey, Cheryl, no. I mean, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Hold on. Wait, 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 wait. I got Cheryl. Hey, Cheryl, watch this. Spiritual thing. Sometimes Cheryl, you can't explain everything. Hey, Cheryl, watch this. You know, the, the very meaning of science means you can't explain everything. That, that, that's what science scientists do. That as of 2018, this is what this is. Because tomorrow it may be different. And so you're so right, Cheryl. You are so right. Everything on this planet has not been explained. Can't be explained. You're right. The problem is that coming up with faulty explanations for things when there are real legitimate explanations that have already been tested and tried. That's the problem, sir. I agree with that. Uh, or so another another uh, problem is, like Sister Cheryl just said, we cannot explain everything in our and, and what we observe. But People take advantage of that. So, and, and I'm not saying any names, but I'm just noticing that over my years in the community. People take advantage of that. So, something that cannot be explained, right? They have an explanation. <laughs> you, you understand? They have an explanation that nobody in the world has and nobody can confirm. And they put these explanations out into the community and get people and followers to believe that. So then it becomes a regurgitated uh, mechanism in our community, and then years pass, and we find out what the real explanation is, and it's nothing like what they said. And they'll blame it and say, oh, the white man is trying to keep it from you. Like all scientists are white, like all, like all scientists are from Europe or something like that. That's what people do. They will take advantage of things. Like, for example, we don't know how deep space is. We don't know how deep the ocean goes. There are parts we can't go to, right? So they'll say things like, oh, well, brother, there's no such thing as, as electricity because the cables are on the ocean's floor where we can't get to. <laughs> <laughs> and you'll be like, what? And you'll be like, yes, brother, you can't get to them yet because you haven't achieved this higher plane that I'm on, brother, and that's why you don't know these things that I know. So then, okay, 100 years pass, 
if we if we finally get to the o- bottom of the ocean and there ain't no damn cables there, he gonna say something like, "Oh, they removed the cables, brother, so you wouldn't know the truth." Yep. That's what we deal with in our community. So that's all I'm saying, sis. Uh, I gotta get off this phone. I gotta get in my uh, my Barbara Lyle's house. We about to do some things, but I appreciate you uh, inviting me on, brother Garfield, sister Cheryl, sister Monica, whole Dagger Squad, uh, Rob Bourne, uh, brother Mayru. Truth historian, uh, peace to all you brothers. Peace, brother. Uncle, I'll hit you later, man. All right. I'm out of here, brother. Peace, right, Black Panther. All right, peace. Yeah, hey Cheryl, that's the point. I mean, I mean seriously, Cheryl. Like, man, look. No, I fully understand what you're saying. I do. I'm just saying that we still have. What am I saying, Cheryl? What am I saying? Understand. We still have to explore how is Cheryl. certain things happen. I, but Cheryl, do you know there's only one way to explore how things happen? You know that, right? Through science, because science is what? Because yeah. science, science is God. You know, like nature is God. And so you look at God through the prisms of nature, or you look through nature through the prisms of science, because you, you observe it and then you compile data. So I don't think we should take uh, people's conclusions who have not amassed data on said subject. It's ridiculous. It's like me telling you about I'm a professional baseball hitter and never stepped up to the plate and swung a bat before in my life. You know what I'm saying? Like, like they have they, they have scientists that actually study baseball and how the ball curves and stuff like that. So we got a community full of people who are charlatans at the end of the day. I don't have to name names. I'm saying they're good people in one respect, but when it comes to sad subjects, they're charlatans. Like if I start acting like I'm the meta-nature master, you could call me a charlatan because I'm not the meta-nature master. That's not the truth. You know what I'm saying? So I don't I don't talk to be the authority on that subject. It's, it's bananas. I don't I don't even say I'm an authority on evolution. Bananas. Come on, man. Like, like we gotta stop this. So I get where you ask, Cheryl. The statements you make are clear and concise. I'm simply saying there are resources. The same way you teach us about resources, Cheryl. You teach, you say there are resources that you can get certain contracts and certain things. You agree to that, Cheryl? I agree. So wouldn't it be better for me to study you and your resources than me just running out there grabbing shit from anywhere, acting like I know? You're going to say, Unc, that, what are you doing? What the hell are you doing, huh? There are resources where you can find certain things, certain contracts, and I keep arguing you down. No, but this guy on this video said, you say, wait a minute, huh? I'm showing you the data. That's the point I'm trying to make, Cheryl, that people will not give you a journal on the computer. You, you know what the journal represents? The journal represents not just that guy coming up with a computer and saying, yeah, this is what my computer can do. The journal represents other people, other computer scientists actually looking at the computer and verifying that what the guy that made it said is true. That's the point. Hey, by the way, let me just say this, by the way, for before anybody runs, go back and tell the pills Garfield and Ank was going in there. We're not all we're talking about is methodology. That's all we're talking about. Methodology. And what happened is a lot of our people, just like Ben said, they'll take information and they'll throw extra stuff on it. And there's a segment in our community that loves that. They love the embellishment. They love to hear that there was a, there was a black guy named Ank 500 years ago who could jump and touch the sky. They love that. 
They love that type of stuff. All we're saying, family, we have the actual article. If you want to read it, you could inbox me on Facebook and I'll send it to you. So you could read it yourself. Don't be misguided. That's all. That's all we're saying. And our community is full of a lot of people putting out information and misguiding us. That's it. Let me, let me read this from that article. It says, quantum computing is a new tool, says Novati. So part of what we're doing is just trying to figure out how we can use it. So they still trying to figure out how they can use it. So I don't think people in our community should tell them how they should use it when they ain't even figured it out yet. It says he works That's on machine learning. Let me finish. He works on machine learning algorithms, and Dr. Me, I can tell you about that, known as Baltimore machines, used to study patterns in, in online traffic and identity cyber attacks. So far, for small examples, his group has been able to show that D-Waves machines can be more efficient than their classical counterparts, detecting likely attacks more quickly, he says. Come on, man. Like, like we just can't keep doing this over and over again. Like, you know what I mean? Like, that should sound good. But, man, we need people to know how to really work those computers. We don't need people making shows on a damn computer. We need uh, uh, people who are dedicated to that study and having those types of computers in our damn community. That's what we need, Cheryl. Correct. Correct. I just, you know, I just thought it was an interesting, you know, thing they had going on, and it is everywhere. Yep. Just like they make AI. Huh? I said, thanks for bringing it up, because I never heard of it. I mean, yeah, that I was serious, Cheryl. Yeah, all, all jokes aside. Yeah, that was serious. That was a good, that was, that was, I'm glad you brought that up before somebody blindsided. Oh, yeah, you know, they can look at the the, the, the distance universes and the, 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 the other cosmos and the other half of the world and the, man, man, that's not even what it's used for, Cheryl. I'm just telling you, like, but, okay, let's look at what the guy said. I'm going to watch the video, to your credit, and what the guy says it can be used for. See what he says. And then we just figure out who backs him on that. And that's the com and that's where the conversation should exist. Yep. DC uh Lex External Researchers access a joint NASA Google Wave D. But then people can't even really use this in our community because they act like NASA ain't real. So now you're gonna use something that NASA is studying. It's just it's a whole thing full of debauchery and buffoonery. No one, no one trusts NASA in our community. NASA not real, they never went to the moon, but yet the computers used to make space machines and ride on the moon. Like it's just crazy to me, man. Like the whole thing. That's why I don't even debate no more because it, it don't make sense. It just doesn't. Yeah. Hey, you know, everybody out there, we got 95 likes. Come on, man. We got 157 watching. Let me get some likes, family. Please like and share the show. Facebook, Google Plus. Let's get this information out. Ace, um, and something that nobody brings up, right? And I just saw somebody say, Garfield, big up the straight black pride movement. The straight black pride movement is our brother, um, forgot what his name, Irritated Genie. Irritated Genie. How do you feel about, I mean, there are a lot of people in our community who are down low people. Like, they're homosexuals, but they front like they're straight. And I can't, I don't even think you can tell a homosexual from a straight person just by looking at them. That's actually impossible. But, it seems like 
our community shuns that, but it's a reality though. You got you got dudes who just are into dudes. You know what I'm saying? I don't support it, but what do you do for a community for people that are openly gay? Because I feel like the openly gay community is really destroying us at a core because if we're not producing, that means we are decreasing our averages of producing more children who are black more. So what what do you feel about this whole thing? Because we, we scream about oh, African power, but uh -huh. black African power is really what irritated Gene is saying. It's really straight black pride power. What you asked me about the gay conversation? You asked me about yeah. should we deal with gay people? Not necessarily in that sense, but what do you feel? How do you feel about this whole gay thing and the, the conscious community and all that stuff? How do you feel? Oh, about I'm that? saying first, all right, let's do this. You can't look at the person and tell whether they're gay or not. Exactly. Get that straight. So a lot of people that you think is straight could be just that. They could choose to have sex with other things and other people. You just wouldn't know that. And so that's not a a prerequisite to getting a job done. You got to understand that. And so I always talk about alliances. Mm -hmm. Having an alliance with something or somebody doesn't, doesn't mean that you agree with anything they say, right? It doesn't mean that you would do what they say. What it means is that, that you are aligned and completing a certain task. And after that task is completed, you go your separate way. Europeans show you this all the time. Look at World War One and World War Two. You had alliances against Germany, right? Russia, United States were aligned with each other. After that, they don't even fuck with each other no more. Now they're not even a little bit. Like they are diabolically opposed to each other. But when it was time to get certain jobs done, facts, they aligned themselves. It doesn't mean because the United States had alliances with Russia that all of a sudden we would be communists or whatever. That It never meant that. Only the misunderstood things, stuff like that. That's not how that go down. And so you looking at a person's sexual orientation saying that you're not going to complete a task or you're not going to give them a contract to make build some shelters in a community because, because what they're doing in their bedroom, you know what I'm saying, is crazy. That ain't even how that really works. So, you know what I'm saying? So, I've never been in support, right, of uh, um, two males sleeping together or two females. I've never been in support of that, right? But just because I'm not in support of that, that don't mean that I would not align myself, right, with them in the fight against racism, white supremacy for my community. So, we make a lot of mistakes and we point a lot of fingers and you always watch the person that point the finger the most because they be the ones that be exactly that. Like, you know, a person just hate white people to the bone. They be having the white wives. You ever seen that? Real talk, yo. Real talk. You ever seen, oh, I don't use drugs. That's the worst thing to do drugs. And they be sneaking, getting high. Remember, I come from that arena. The nigga be talking about, oh, I hate people to get high. They be sneaking, getting high. See, because what you do, what you, what you eat don't make me shit. I don't have to support, I don't support racism, white supremacy. I, I don't support that at all. I don't support um, uh, certain things that certain groups do. I don't support the Hebrew doctrine, the Moors. I don't support that, but I'd be damned if I'm not going to stand up with them brothers and sisters to fight against racism, white supremacy. That'd be very, very foolish because you could watch this. 
the black African American community, we really can learn a lot, right, from the gay community. A lot. Because what how did they push their agenda? They have accomplished what we couldn't accomplish. How did they get the votes? How did they get Obama to push forward their programs? How did they manage that? How did they get what they got? Money. We don't even know how they did that because we so scared to sit down with some of them and ask them, how did y'all push your agenda? Because we have an agenda that needs to be pushed. It's crazy, bro. Like people just be dumb, dog. Like crazy. Yeah, I, I think I think it's something that we don't understand and how to deal with as far as politically. Because I look at it this way, man. Um, I look at the um the in, well the whole integration thing. Integration. They they added a piece with the integration policy of sexual orientation. That was their way of getting in the system because there was so much discrimination going on. So they added that sexual orientation now so now you can't discriminate against me because i am not what you are normally used to so they push their agenda in different ways they fund different things and they have a strong lobbying committee we don't have lobbyists the only lobbyist i know is um monica we have as his political action committee and he's so what are we going to do to change the rules and laws because we ain't got no money pulled up together you know, we don't have Oprah and Bill Cosby and, and Puffy and Jay-Z and all these people backing no political stuff to, 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 to go behind the scenes. All we got to depend on is the NAACP, the Urban League, the SCLC and all these groups. But we're not going to be able to ever do that without money, period. You need money to make anything move. Definitely, definitely, definitely. So, there's no other option. You can go and plead your case and throw yourself at the mercy of whomever. But until you show the money, they're not, yeah, they're not interested in anything that you're talking about. Because that's how the gays and that whole community, they have plenty of money. You know, half the people that's running the, uh, the country are <laughs> gay. So they can put money on something and make it move. Mm -hmm. We got money too, though. Everybody got money. The thing is, the question is, how did they push their agenda like that? You know what I'm saying? What did they do? They didn't just vote for Obama. I promise you, yo, the the the, the trend, I, I only know the name. The whole, the, whole, the whole Hollywood thing is also homosexual too. So they they were the ones that I mean they had like three fundraisers in New York for, for Obama, man. And he had he paid the piper, man. He took their money and said, Hey, I'm gonna deliver this. Because when he came out and said that he support gay marriage, I said he's trying to lose the election. Nope. He, said, he knew how many of them. It's a book, Garfield, I think we all should get. I can't think of the title right now. And it was basically talking about how they fought certain battles on certain fronts to get to get it through. It was, it, it, it was serious how they, they start making certain commercials that was more family-oriented. They did a lot of things, man, to actually get their agenda pushed forward. And I'm saying that the conscious community, the African-American community, can take a lot from that. There needs to be a study on how they did what they did for us to push our agendas. It's not just howling and screaming all the time. It's certain things that you must do to push certain agendas, and it's a way to get those agendas passed. That they went, they went court to court to court to court. They didn't go on the federal level first. They went on the state level, and they wanted the state level, and then they moved up to the federal level. Like it's it, it's a process that we need to learn. And so to sit down with them and ask them, how the hell did you get that process? 
man, that wouldn't make you gay, yo. Hey, it just wouldn't. Hey, but, it but just you know what? hey, black line supreme, big up yourself. You know what though? I noticed though the agenda of pushing it has a lot to do with Hollywood too. Because the media plays a lot of role in us accepting stuff. Look at look at um the, the most watched show by us that we watch. There's a show on Wednesday with um what's the name? Empire. They started mm. going in gay scenes. Then you look at Star, then you look at different shows that they have on television. They're showing men kissing men. I, you talk 20 years ago, you would never see that on TV. So it has a lot to do with the media and Hollywood too. Because well, they legalized it first, Bob Pelfield did that. Remember, before they did all that, that's not the part I'm talking about. Yeah, I know, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, I ain't talking about the, the, the things they want to put. I'm saying the way they got you, the point where, you know what I'm saying, those types of things could be shown. You, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. How did they get you yeah. that? What, what, did, what tools did they use to get you that point? Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? We need to use tools to get you a point. Like we tired of watching babies getting shot down, man. We tired yeah. of watching uh, yeah. high poverty. We tired of watching they making decisions. Well, okay, well he really didn't shoot um he and all that, man. It's a certain way to handle business, and we're not doing it that way. That's well, the I mean, so Anderson already gave us the blueprint. We really just don't have a lot of the money to back that blueprint that he put out. That's how to deal with the government and to get what we need to get from them. It's already there. We just need to implement. But you gotta win it on the state level. You know, like 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 I had to learn that elections have consequences. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and if you don't understand your local politics, yo, you're in trouble. Yep. Like I had to grow into that. You know, my wife tell me all the time, man, she votes when she wants to. There's a reason for that. Because there's certain ideas you want promoted. And so you got to get people to promote your ideas. And so they got Obama to promote their ideas. So it's an economic piece to it, right? But it's also a political piece to it that they attacked. I mean, that's a hell of a model right there, man. A hell of a model. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for real. Um, let me see if there's any more questions in the audience. Um, anybody have any questions y'all want to ask in the meantime while we keep building? Let me see who's um let me see Mo Mo jumped off. All right, cool. Hey, Ange, let me ask you this. When uh -huh. the, um you have your book um on evolution now, when's your other book coming out? I know you're supposed yeah. to put your other book out. What's probably, going on probably, with it? Probably next, probably next month. I'm trying to keep it short because once you make a book too long, you know, we get disinterested. It's too damn too long. Half of the books we didn't mention, over 300 pages, we just not gonna read them, man. So that's why I had the pamphlet format, because it just makes you yeah, I mean, it's small. You can get in and get out of it. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? But this next book, yeah, you know I mean, it's about close to 300 pages, but I, I don't want to go over that. And it should be out maybe in the next two months. It can't, you know, I can't really rush it because it's a serious work. And it is what it is. I just want to show people my range. Like, it's a reason why I made the chronology of human evolution in pamphlet form. Mm -hmm. Reason for that. It's the reason why we do these shows with small bits of information and stay on one subject the whole time and don't run around the board. Reason for that. Straight reason for that. But yeah, Garfield, I got to get off here, man. I got some things I got to do, man. You know, I'm a coach and all that. And I got to keep moving forward. But I appreciate coming on. No appreciate you, Cheryl. You got me reading up on the computer thing all day now. Appreciate that. <laughs> Make sure you text me your um where I could buy your shoes from because I need to come out there. All right, got you. 
we got it right the black dot uh cultural center and bookstore man um abs you wear right got the high tops show y'all real quick right here yeah because those things look so nice yeah, it is right it's straight and nobody got these these for our community right here and they all blacked out abs you wear a b d j u w e a r abs you wear yo look at this dude around. He said uh -huh. support them fags low key. You gotta you see, you're not listening, brother. Now nah, I never said that. Now nah, <laughs> I never said that. Look, look up the word alliances. You know what I'm saying? And, and 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 most of us have those type of individuals in our family. So don't act like that's not what's going down. All right, don't play the game, right? And you know, people gonna say what they want to say. But I like to always say, say it in my face, though. Say that in my face and see where you at with that. With that, you know what I'm saying? I'm gonna get out the I'm gonna get out the phone, out the conversation, because the ignorance has permeated through the atmosphere, and I just don't need that. You know what I'm saying? I just gave a whole on what African is. You know what I'm saying? And what I support and what I don't support. I said that. But watch this go hear something funny, y'all feel. Yep. Everybody holler about um they don't support racism, white supremacy, don't they? Mm-hmm. Oh man, howling and screaming. But right, but if you want to know your level of support for racism, white supremacy, look at your damn shoes. And with that, I'm out. <laughs> Same nigga uh -huh. talking shit, got on all American clothes talking shit. <laughs> <laughs> he low-key. He low-key support that nigga. Get out of here. You you're not low-key when all your clothes is European. Mm. You're not low-key. Teach. You're out there in front. So you how about I don't support racism, white supremacy, but a damn billboard for racism, white supremacy. Get out of here with that crap. We're not even listening to you, man. <laughs> Facts. Uh, all right, thank you, thank you, Ang. All right, peace, all right. bro. Let me um real quick, brother, before you get out of here, hey, I just want to say, man, continue doing what you're doing. I met one of your brothers. Uh, I was at the um event we just did recently in richmond uh i met one of your i guess one of your distributors or i guess it might be one of your affiliate guys uh the, uh, the event we did with uh professor griff and uh at the uh the elect bar folk folk uh folk festival so i think he was there sent you a uh maybe a message a picture showing that you know he was up there he was up there working some of your shoes but uh i just want you to know man keep up the good work you you you're getting out there man you're getting circulated so this whole thing is about it's about black commerce again so i want to keep reiterating that because nothing unless you have you know some kind of valuable organization or commerce to offer back uh in in, in terms of you know aggregating wealth so you're doing what you're doing you know brother and sister if you can support a brother you know if not buy something for a friend or family member you know and that's what it's all about circling your dollars you know amalgamated amongst your people you know so uh, you know, just keep up the good work, bro. Uh, all right, yeah, he he jumped off. Hey, I got my brother, um, Ever Ever Shan in the building, and uh, hey, go ahead, go ahead, um, um, African Emporium, go ahead, man. What's on your mind today, brother? Uh, just as always, you know how to start off, Uncle Justin there, power and profit to the family. You know what I'm saying? another so-called Gregorian, you know, calendar year in terms of the new year, you know, big things, uh, 
that we have in line in terms of the financial side of things. So Dagger Squad, you know, uh, uh, camping as, as a whole. Uh, so, you know, we really want to be more focused financially going into this, this so-called new year, you know, goals and aspirations. I think right now is a good time to realize the value of, uh, of the market, the, the global financial markets, the bull market for the last eight, nine months, basically. And that could be attributed to Trump or not, but, you know, I think it's a carryover from the Obama, uh, you know, office as well. But beyond that, the market is looking really good right now. So if we want to be able to make the kind of moves that we see people like making and distinguished black businesses, you know, we want to be, you know, well diverse in terms of how we look at, you know, uh, value our resources. That in mind, you know, I'm going to keep pushing the financial side of things in terms of the stock market. It's still blowing up through the roof. Actually, right now, Bitcoin is, uh, has kind of regained some of that, you know, that correctness about a month ago, and it's back around 16500 bucks. I offered up a nice buy-in dip around 10000 also have Ethereum. Ethereum just broke over $1,000, guys. I don't know if y'all caught that or not, but it actually finally breached over $1,000. Ethereum was sitting at 280 something bucks about a month and a half, two months ago. Now it's at $1,000. I mean, that's basically, if you just do the math on that, you know, let's, 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 let's realize the opportunities that are there. You know, there's a lot of things that's happening once again on, on the global financial market side of things. And uh, right now it's the best time for black people to get off that kind of, you know, let me sit around and wait and, you know, and just kind of, you know, just do the small things on and just sell, you know, a few little oils, sell a few little t-shirts here. No, let's learn how to invest some of that capital back into the market. So, you know, it's always, like I said, I'm just always, you know, honored and happy to be here you know, adding my little slice to the big pie. Uh, and, and let's see how we can take this thing further in 2018. We actually need to get started on building that course as well, Garfield. I've been re real crazy, this uh, busy this uh, past week. We've just been hitting me up, man. They ready to rock. So going as well. Maybe we can offer up a show maybe on like on Thursday. Uh, the same way we do 12 rounds, we're just devoted, you know, uh, devoted to just Dealing with the stock market per se, maybe we can go live and just yeah, do something like tell that. Tell me when you when you're available and we could do it. And keep talking, brother. Get into Ripple and some of the other ones too. All right. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm so a, also with, with altcoins. So I don't know if you guys are familiar. Well, some of you guys are obviously, but uh, the alternate coins or altcoins as they call them that are very very bullish right now. We have a lot of coins that broke out recently. They came out with a lot of good news going into the new year. One of them guys that you guys probably been hearing about a lot. Facebook, Twitter, whatever kind of social media you use, just knowing what's going on, you've probably been seeing that pop up a lot, the XRP. They're, they're a company or pretty much an ICO-based company. Well, they're not ICO anymore, but they're a company that started with ICO years back. Uh, and it was literally, once again, trading literally at, you know, at pennies. First came out, a company that deals in the blockchain value of so-called banks. In a sense, so it has some value regulation, you know, with it, uh, decentralized value of uh, alternate coin that you can trade. But it has had exponential growth through the roof lately, about near 10 to 20, 10 to maybe 10, 11,000 percent um, over the past couple of years. Uh, and another one is Tron. Tron is up near 15,000 percent. 
Uh, Trump is up near 17,000 percent. I want to say within this year, if I'm not mistaken. If I go back and look at my notes, so gains here, returns that are happening right now in the alternate coins. Uh, ADA is another. Cardona, DA. That's an altcoin that's been very bullish of late as well. Also need to kind of start realizing. So, um, you know, there's a plethora of them out there, obviously, but the main ones that are very, very you know, attractive right now to big and also some of the big whales out there's come like you know institutional buyers. Uh and then we have a lot of you know other coins that's coming on the market now. We're seeing some of the brothers open up coins. They got a guap coin that some brothers put out. Uh he I got a coin called uh Omo. Excuse me, Omo. You know, opportunity to deal with a guy that's you know very technologically advanced. Uh he's been tearing it up a lot lately. You know, just some opportunities out there beyond that what we've kind of been you know accustomed to in terms of work work with somebody else waiting you know waiting to get a check you know and all that kind of stuff you know we, we should be beyond that at this point we should be very business minded up businesses we should be flooding monica and cheryl's inbox daily these up and popping uh how to go about getting government grants don't have i'm pretty sure they have government grants out there deals that are Starting up to go into the blockchain. Something, I mean, this table for innovation. And right now, y'all talk about AI earlier. The AI companies are blowing up through the roof right now. From the crypto side and the common stock side. And they've been putting up some really big numbers over the you know past last quarter. These are the things that we peruse on the intellectual side from the scholarship side, but on the financial side, they're actually putting up big money. They're making big money right now. If you want to invest into them, whether you believe in it or not, it's still about you know being a part of that fold or that innovation. You know, these are some things. Once again, we have to be very you know uh, you know uh, you know honest in terms of realizing that you know we need to become more astute on how this market, how the global financial markets really work as a whole, because it's all ties into all the agendas and things that we sit around and talk about a lot. I mean, you guys talk about the homosexual agenda earlier. Aunt was saying, and some of the other guys, you know, them guys just came together with an agenda, put their money together, you know, got up a big bag and took it straight to a politician. Agenda pushed through. And and in some cases, you hear like, you know, the great Dr. Claude Anderson, obviously one of my greatest mentors, how these other, you know, so called, you know, uh, immigrants that come into the company, uh, country like the uh, Asians and the Arabs, what they do is they they just amalgamate a lot of wealth within their community people because we support them at high levels unfortunately you know we give a lot of our money to them they take that money and they go take it to the politicians and get the agenda pushed through black community selling you goods and things that you could be selling for yourself we got to start really being real uh, uh understanding of them. you can make some moves you know white institutional help in some cases, in some cases, you definitely can do it. Do it, right? You need to know how to be very resourceful and how you strategically, you know, strategically uh, implement your money to go to work for you. I look at money as a tool, which it is. It's a tool. It's a resource. It's not just okay. I got some bread and you know whatever. It's a tool to go to work for you. If you got one dollar, you need to learn how to take that one dollar and turn it into five. After that, yet then you know you you got some work to do. You got a lot of work to do, and it doesn't require you going, you know, to a job 
you know, breaking your knees and blowing your elbows out, you know, for these other companies and building up their dreams when you could be building up your own. Once again, one of the things I want to keep kind of reiterating 2018 that this is the year we're going to get, you know, we got 118 people watching, as I always say, for every show. At least 50 to 60 percent of you guys need to be already invested in the market or are getting ready to get invested into the market. Broker apps, uh, download PDFs about how to learn how to invest. This is already doing it right now and finding ways to build you some supplemental income because there's no more outline, you know, complaining about, you know, well, we can't do nothing. I don't have the money to do it. And I don't want to support, you know, brothers and sisters because I don't trust them and all this foolishness. You're going to get that done, sit on the sideline, complain about what you're not going to do. Actually doing something, you know, so that's just the, the, the energy and the focus and the mentality that you got to have going forward. And you know, as you want to call it, you know, scholastic information, and we don't have no dollars really behind it. You know, I, I just to be honest. You know, we just kind of sitting around waiting for some next information to come out. Then we get excited about it. Then we on to the next scenario. You know, that I'm like, no, we got to start learning how to aggregate these dollars. Enough, you know, to want to invest in them and not being so tight with our money to where we can't give some money. Right, you do it, and we just talked about that earlier. You, you got people that sit around and give money to the church, like right now on a Sunday. These dollars are going into the black churches, and then turn around. And imagine how much of that money going to actually go back into the black community. I wait, and now you know you're sitting around here complaining about, well, you know, well, they want to come together and do now. We got a lot of money, we got a lot of spending power. But we ain't got no, you know, no real considered to be what they call wealth power. Pretty much, uh, you know, a you know a compilation of credit, credit, you know, through credit. Let's be honest, you know, one point three trillion dollar GDP that we spend, master product value in the black community, and a lot of it's spent through credit, though. Most people that have money spend, you know, when they spend money, they spend through their liquid. They buy things outright. They don't finance and credit a lot of things we do, right? But ultimately, we got to get to a point where we can do that. Put a bag. We, we got to come together, put a bag together, go to somebody that got some leverage and leverage them for some kind of, you know, advancement or gain. Done, right? So, you know, we, we want to kind of be very, like I said, astute to and acute to and find a way to kind of get ourselves going rightfully so. Uh, in 2018 so i'm gonna keep asking this question in the, in the chat right now you know actually have broker right now who who downloaded stock investment broker right now over the past let's say month i want to ask how many of you guys actually have a broker account which costs no money to download which costs no money to access and to get one started if the majority of the people in here don't say i have one then you know, that's also a part of the problem. You know, we need to learn how to once again go out here and find other ways to get supplement income to take care of the things that we want. And, you know, and, and if, if it doesn't, you know, if it's just not your forte in the sense that you want to invest your time and learn how to, you know, the global financial markets, then, hey, I get it. You know, just find other values and, and, and you know, lanes that you can peruse to make sure you're getting supplemental income and where you're getting two and three, four, five different streams of income coming in. 
tough to one or two two uh, streams of income because if one go down, you know you you pretty much in the rock and hard place. You got to work twice hard on that one you have to float you and your family. That's just not you know that's just not realistic in this day and age, right? So you know, and, and this is why you know this these things have to be at the focal of, at the forefront of your conversations. Like all I talk about is financial at this point black financial revolution that's all i want to talk about i, I, I thank my ancestors and, and uh, Kemet, west africa i've done enough of that research i still learn it every day but keep in mind that energy from knowing and digging through my, my past to find out how great and using that to find out how i'm gonna build something better for the future supposed to be about you don't want you don't supposed to go back get stuck you know and then stay there you know, life works, you know. And so if we want to once again get serious about building something for these babies, we want to get serious about leaving something for these kids besides generational debt that we pass down year after year after year after year after year. Understand how to get serious about understanding financial literacy. Period. Minds of brothers and sisters that's out there so-called on the corner. Skills. And y'all know what I'm talking about. Crazy amount of skills. Imagine if they're investing some of that money into the stock market. The bags that they'll be procuring just by saying, you know what, let me dump 5,000 in, let me dump 1,000 in. You know, if not, I'm going to go blow up the club anyway. I'm going to go throw it in the air and let it rain on the floor anyway. Buy something you know, that's you know, trivial anyway. Hey, take, hey, before you do that, bro, take at least 20% of your so-called earnings this week, put it in the stock market. Crypto market. That's this blowing up through the roof there's some alternate coins before i came on that's why i was late on the show i had a couple of positions i was trading uh through binance we had a couple of them that jumped up and ran like 60 70 percent one of them went over 100 percent this morning get into a bank just i mean up making money early in the morning you know and most people are sitting around waiting to go to work tomorrow just to even get some money back that they spent over the weekend how to get some money you know over the weekend just by sitting home pushing the button or maybe you were out with your family over the weekend, you could have been doing it from your old mobile phone. You could be spending time with the wife, say, hold on, baby, let me get this little, you know, send this little, this order through real quick. Order through, went on by, I've been had fun, came back an hour later, stop, or the, you know, the crypto, you know, went up by 200 Satoshis or sats in one, in one hour, and you find yourself up, you know, 20, 30% off your initial investment per hour. You know, I have, a team of people around me that's all they do every day when they got free time they sit around you know when the, the, the global stock market turns the nyse is closed they go straight to trading bitcoin and litecoin and all the different altcoins like you know ethereum i mean ripple excuse me tron ada cardonia uh lynn uh i mean so many of them out there credit, credit uh, protocol there's so many of them out there and these these little altcoins are just running stupid you know, I, I, yeah, I know it's like being a dead horse and we kind of hear this all the time, but if we're not going to once again put ourselves in this situation, bag beyond waiting on you know, Mr. Charlie to give us a bag, then it starts right now. You don't have a luxury to sit around waiting. Tax season. And you know what's going to happen when people get these taxes. You know what's going to happen. Foot Locker is going to be raided. Mason's going to be hit upside the head. Northern is going to be ran through so-called apparel places and 
you know, and, and, and you know, automobiles and everybody can start buying a lot of you know things that some of them probably don't even need them. Instead of saying, "Hey, wait, what I'm gonna do with this check?" Right? I'm gonna allocate at least thirty percent, at least thirty percent of my income tax, and put it in the stock market. Those space or be it the, the, the New York Stock Exchange. Allocate those funds and make it go to work for you. So I'll give you a little example how I got some people already started. That's why I've been crazy busy week. I got people on a yearly plan. Show these people how to make $25,000 extra supplement income by using the stock market at the end of the year by offering $1,000 initial investment. $1,000 initial investment, 3% a day out of three a lot of days you get to trade under the PDT rule, which is called pattern day trading. So $25,000. At the end of these 252 a lot of trading days that you get out of one one so-called fiscal year turns into a $25,000 bag now we saw that happen in bitcoin and alternate coins literally in, in less than a month and a half in some cases and we're doing it from the common stocks out on the slow road i don't know if that's resonating with you guys but let that marinate in your head for a moment investment that you will blow on something that's trivial you could turn that and grow that into like $25,000 at the end of the year. Or once again, you can get into the crypto space, you know, get with some brothers and sisters that I actually know where they're going, get you started. And it's less than maybe one quarter. Less than one quarter. I keep, you know, I keep hammering this for a reason. And your kids need to see you doing this. Dr. Reed books about black history they see you uh you know reading uh information about you know uh uh archaeological digs and all the kind of things and all the kind of wonderful things that have to do with you know uncovering our history let them also see you at the computer dealing with financial uh institutional values in terms of funds and mutual funds and cryptos let them see that expose your kids to this stuff kids are getting exposed to this stuff every day our kids are getting exposed to what and you know just all over the place cartoons all day long, you know, no, let them see you at the computer with cryptos and dealing with common stocks and open up Robinhood accounts and saying, you know, hey, dad, what's this? Hey, mom, what's that? The money. Let me show you how to never have to worry about being broke ever again. Let me show you how to pay yourself an allowance without me having to do it for you. Dollar, right? We're going to open up your Robinhood account under, on, under my name. Make sure that we take that hundred dollars, and all we want to get is at least fifty percent of that. You know, look for a fifty percent move out of one week. Off that hundred dollars, that means we done made an extra fifty dollars. That's your allowance for the week. The market pays for your child allowance. You don't have to worry about your kids coming to you asking for your money ever again. Be smart about what you're doing. And again, you know, I know people are like, well, man, yeah, you know, I know there's a lot of risk involved. I can lose money. Yeah, of course you can lose money. You can lose money in anything. There's always some risk value in dealing with, you know, financial markets. So for your job tomorrow, guess what? You're going to lose money unless you got a salary. And the majority of us, you know, unfortunately, you know, salary level. And we got to be present at these jobs even procure a bag. But here's the thing about the stock market, right? There's a thing called stop loss. <laughs> Meaning if you put down $1,000, on the stock that you've done no you know homework and research and due diligence in and we're expecting the stock gonna go up reverses because a lot of people you know begin to want to sell you know buy the room and sell the news unfortunately 
and the stock pulls back, you can set a stop loss at 1%. I Meaning you can lose only 1% of your $1,000 list investment. You start, and that's only what? $10. Next day, right? You go back in the next day with $990 or back into the, you know, go find another stock that's moving and just get, get in that one and get that money back. We had stocks that ran over 800% in one day. And if, I, if I'm correct, my sister Camille Gaynor that's in the back chat, she's one of my uh, pupils I've been mentoring lately. She's been killing it. He's a guy that's in a couple of our Discord rooms. He sees what we do every day. Again, living testaments of what we do every single day. Right? So they see it. They ain't just hearing people talk about it. They see the numbers we put up. They see exactly how we do it. Like, okay, man, if I'd known this, you know, four or five years ago, no telling where I would be. You know? And we talk about once again value of risk management. How do you, you know, put that in perspective? You know, risk versus reward. So if you risk to spend, let's say, a hundred dollars, you know, on a pair of shoes, right? You got to have them, whatever the case, like that case, whatever the case, you got to have them, right? And you go out and buy those shoes. Air Force One, some Chucks, right? So some so Uptown, whatever they want to call them, depending where you at. And they said your return policy, you get what? Seven days to return those shoes without any defects, whatever the case. Each day, somebody step on your all white chucks, dirt mark or a scuff stain on your shoe. You can't even take them back. $100, and then $100 on no Air Force One, and they done. Depreciated, done. You done blew all that money on get back from your return investment. I'll wait. Hey, no, I'm not going to buy the uptown this week. I'm going to put these $100 in the stock market. Put them in the, I'm putting the stock market. I'm going to get with some brothers and sisters, get, know what they're doing, get, learn the ropes. I'm going to go into the stock market. I'm going to take the $100 and grow it to three, dollars $400. You can buy two or three pattern chucks on them uptowns and retain the $100 that you started out with. And once again, we had stocks once again that ran last week in one day. One day. One stock I bought called a CNET, C-N-E-T, for you guys that's already invested. Look this up on your Robinhood account if you can. C-N-E-T is a China stock that actually got into what they call blockchain integration with some of the news that they're going to be doing. They're going to work with a new company that's into blockchain technology. Blockchain technology right now is hot across the stock market. That's why the numbers have been blowing up the roof. And that's why I dialed one over $25,000, excuse me, recently, because all this crypto buzz and blockchain technology is tearing up the market. School retail investors, you know, do the old long and slow move like the Kramer and all them type. They don't even understand what's going on. They can't even quantify this stuff. Everyday life. And, and these numbers are just putting up like astronomical numbers. You know, how, where all this stuff coming from? And they want to bet against it, but they can't. So it's one of those situations where you can't be and you got to what? Join them. Morgan, uh, uh, J Jamie Diamond of JP Morgan, and all these different Goldman Sachs institutions, TD Rowe. This, this big move that's happening. And guess who's, who's pushing it? These global companies are, uh, excuse me, global people are coming online throughout the whole globe, buying up all this crypto stuff, and it's un, you know, unregulated, decentralized from the central banks. They can't pinch off your money, and everybody's just making a ton of money. Uh, uneven fair exchange on the commerce 
uh, interchange, uh, excuse me, exchange value from African people now. African brothers that's in Zimbabwe somewhere can go buy some Bitcoin and get the global market price for it, as opposed to being shorted by the IML, the SAP, and all the other programs there that's kind of leasing on African people. Value dang there in terms of the of the, of the of the buying power that we get right over in America. This is this is what it's, this is what it's all about. You know, saying using what can every asset class is your advantage or get you some uh, some investments going so you can protect yourself in the event something goes crazy. I speak about this in a way where, you know, I want you to see that it, it, it's something that's very ubiquitous. It ain't nothing that just kind of comes with rocket science. You don't have to have a finance, you know, a, a PhD in finance like, you know, uh, the good brother, Dr. Boyce Watkins, which, you know, that's phenomenal because he broke, he woke a lot of our people up in terms of investing. Obviously, he did his dissertation on the stock market like that. Right. So there's people out there that actually have your best interests in mind is trying to get you engaged and understand all this money that you're missing. That's out there that says that the only people that don't make money are the people that's not invested. hundred thousand dollars a year working for Mr. Charlie. If you don't have no kind of investments out there on the global financial market, but you're not going to work, you ain't really got no money. One or two emergencies away from liquidating your whole entire assets. Like to do that, I'm gonna save for emergency, right? The most you know, excuse me for saying this, but that's the most dumbest thing you can do for emergency. That means if anything does happen, you liquidate that entire savings, you all the way back to square one plus a deficit about 10 paces behind now. About to get that paper back. That makes no sense to me. As opposed to letting that money that you got that you've been saving for emergency put some of that money into what into the financial market, let it grow. Let it get legs, right? Let it go out here and meet other people that's attaching itself to that particular common stock and grow. In your savings, at least, at least 500 of it, at least 500 of it need to be put into financial markets. And guess what? You know, with the right crowd around in the right stock at the right time, the bucks. Right, and caught one of these seven, eight hundred percent runners like we just did over the past week. We had several of them, but that was just one I spoke about. That five hundred dollars is sitting up there around what? You know what? Eight hundred, nine hundred, some dollars. Hey, so you end up cashing out about fourteen what? Well, uh, close by about fourteen hundred dollars, and you can do that all through Robinhood. Robinhood, no commission. Talking about CNET, I played it in two accounts. I paid it, played it in my Robinhood account and also my TradeNet account. I murdered that stock. I mean, we're talking about, you know, hey, we family, that well over $6,000 in one day. In one day, let that marinate. And that was just that one stock. That wasn't even counting all my other stocks I had played that day. Shots for people that want to see this stuff. <laughs> you know, I post a lot of this sometime on Facebook when I can or if you're in our Discord room, I'll post them every now and then. But you know, lately people know what I do. You know, I, I go to work. People. Right? And here's something that you can't see, you can't never come to me and say, well, get no on me. You can't put one of the stocks when it comes to the stock market. Guess what? The privilege that you can't get. I see the same stuff you see. I get the same amount of information intel you get. I get the same opportunity you get. Ain't no advantages diligence. How well are you researching your study? The same way we research the study, 
everything that comes to history and everything else. You can take that same energy and shoes and how we research these different shows that come on. You can take that same energy and put that towards the stock market, those you know, crypto-based uh, exchanges. And I want to give a shout out to my brother, Reggie Mabry, Dr. Reggie. 360 on y'all. Y'all don't even know it. Right? Dr. Reggie then got into the crypto world and he is hooked. YouTube channel up now and pumping numbers. Getting 35, 34,000 uh, views in literally two or three days. Talk about crypto market, the crypto market. Now he's realizing how to take all that genes that he has with it. And you gotta ask yourself, what's holding you back? Question. So if there's anybody in the back chat right now, obviously some of you guys may not may not understand it. Any questions right now about the stock market, about crypto, crypto, the crypto coins, the cryptocurrency? I want to know your fears. Because I know everybody thinks it's a scam, all this stuff, whatever. Tell me what's your fears. What's holding you back from investing? If any question you got that's in the chat right now, post it in there. Let me hear your fears. Whatever you may have, your apprehension. You know, so, so we can help get some of this information ironed out for you guys so you can realize your potential that you, you, you actually kind of thrown away by not being invested. So, so somebody asked a question, so what wallet do you use, right? So there are hardware-based wallets and there are cloud-based wallets that, are, that you can, uh, you know, use in terms of downloading your crypto coin, right? Especially if you're not, you know, overly confident yet and don't tr want to trust these exchanges to leave your coins in there. Let's say if you trade and you don't want to leave it in there, uh, one, one hardware uh, recommend is a company called Ledger S Nano. They're a very secure uh, hardware wallet. Matter of fact, I'll post a link in the back chat. I, I actually stand by this one here. It's been better than it's been tested. Good uh, uh, wallet. Uh, and it's like about the size of a regular USB, right? And, you know, with that, man, it was, it was, a, little, it was a little cheaper uh, last month. Now it has gone up. This is crazy. <laughs> and they back ordered. I knew it was going to happen because more people are coming online and starting to invest. And now these comes like this. This thing was like like fifty seven bucks. I think like fifty four dollars. About a couple uh actually about two or three weeks ago. Up, yeah, man. See things are happening. You know, people are making moves and getting invested in this crypto market. And the prices these 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 wallets up and so forth. Let me let me pull up this one here. Uh, I think they also got it on. <clears throat> excuse me, Amazon as well. I'll post it. Uh, I'll post it over there too. And this thing, they got some people selling it for $154 on Amazon. Yes, dollars literally about two or three weeks ago. Kid you not. And I'm seeing $157 on them. It's crazy. This is getting so this company making buku dollars off people need to want to get this thing at the lowest, the lowest rate possible. Again, people are becoming invested in the crypto, the crypto space. So let me post this real quick in the back chat for you guys. Check it out. But this is one that I do um, 
you know, once again, I do recommend is vet. There's others out there. Come in there next time we do a show, maybe the uh, the morning money show, so we can get some more information out there, um, so you guys can know what to do. That one there. Um, but there are also some other good ones as well on cloud on the cloud on cloud-based service. Now I'll, I'll get some of those links together for you guys as well. Right now we know that Coinbase has been over inundated with new new people coming into the new year that's opened up account. So they actually they hold. I mean, infrastructure basically just crashed. It, it just keeps crashing a lot lately. Y'all keep hearing me, you know, talk about Binance a lot. Uh, they can't accept any more new users right now. Connect, uh, uh, what was the other one? It's a, it's a couple other ones as well. They can't accept any new users right now because they, they got too many people trying to flood their, you know, their exchange to get on board. They can't even get started. This, this, this is the crave that people miss out on in terms of black vote. You know, and you know, once again, we on the sidelines talk about you know, you know, apples and oranges, and everybody else talk about peaches and grapes. <laughs> we need to get in the game a little bit here, you know. So I'll post some links as, as the show go along too, real quick. Um, somebody asked, uh, let me see, let me make sure I don't miss anybody's question. Would you be willing to have investing class with uh, with my students? You know, that's what we've been trying to do in terms of being Garfield open up. Uh, maybe devote a day out the week and come on here and use this as a platform to get, you know, go over some basic stuff about investing. Enough time on the Wednesday show, the Urban Economic Private Show. It's just not enough time to unpack all this information. It's not like it's, it's a ton. It's just it requires a lot of intricate, you know, that we need to break down and touch on certain subjects that just kind of eats up a lot of the time that we have a lot to kind of build on the show as a whole. Other day, out the week, where we can come on here when we got everybody got some free time, we come up with a consensus of a date or two, going over some you know some stock terminology, some Bitcoin, uh, crypto terminology, uh, some know-how, some what tools, some whatnot, access it and get you guys you know acclimated to the system, get you online. I always keep talking about Robinhood. Every last one of you guys should have a Robinhood account set up at this point. Know, and that's one of those things I really want you guys to realize. You know, this this is the commission-free base once again platform. You can just so that's another scenario we want. But yeah, brother, uh, bro, Rob, we could definitely do that. Uh, email dagger squad, uh, dagger squad, uh, dagger squad uh, one at gmail.com. I posted here. Matter of fact, I don't know if it's but you can uh, contact Garfield. You have the numbers. Set them. We we can get that uh, definitely going because that's something that actually. Um, you know, I, I have a passion for on the weekends on the Richmond area. You know, my wife's military, if you guys do know, I've kind of been, you know, I've been down about a month and a half now. Uh, weekend workshops where I go out to the community and talk about health and wealth. And this is the black business and start talking about the stock market and health. True story. <laughs> People excited about investing, we get them excited about the health. And, you know, so this is a grassroots movement. And I do this once again out of my own free will. You and the importance of understanding why black people need to stop rules in the financial market. Right. So those things are, are very, very, you know, helpful in terms of how we need to be perusing this different, you know, these different avenues in terms of getting money. Questions real quick. So Coinbase. So, yeah, Coinbase has a lot of issues right now. Like I say, because they are the only, they were the only U.S. based uh, exchange. That's had the most kind of, you know, I guess mental security for a lot of people. So everybody flooded their, uh, their their system. 
And because of that, their fees were very high in terms of transferring your money, selling some of your uh, your, your crypto assets off and, and sending the money back to your account. I have a partner company called GDAX or a subsidiary company. GDAX is one that I recommend because they have no fees at GDAX. But the only issue is that you got to upload money through uh, to fork the money over to GDAX. Right. So Coinbase, at, unfortunately, at the moment, it, it keep crashing because there's too many new users trying to come online. They can't facilitate all this bandwidth traffic and they keep having issues. So, but we will we'll find you know, there's others out there. But for now, you know, you guys to actually have Coinbase usual referral link to get people excited and signed up at least. So that way, at least you get ten dollars and, you know, for signing up if you spend at least 100 bucks. All right, so let's go over a couple more questions real quick. So somebody said, would you buy a stock at the new high? Uh, Overstock, so Overstock, OSTK, man, I played Overstock maybe like, man, three or four times over the past two weeks. Overstock in it as a whole, near what? There you go, 50%. Let's show you there. Yeah, yeah, someone speaking? I'd interrupt you for a second. Um, I can contact you because I have one of these little so-called Coinbase apps. For um to other things to look into, to contact you especially to look at your investor. Main base yet, yeah, but I'm hearing more about this. I might look at little different options. Yeah, no, 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 no Um, well, I mean, you guys definitely know me on uh, you know, verbatim. My name African Emporium, which is my business. You can definitely hit me up on Facebook under my uh, under my business page, squad one at gmail.com. You know, uh, hold on, let me write this down. Mm -hmm. But you're about to be so with this because I want to write this down thoroughly. Come on, hit you up later after the show. Okay, no problem. No problem. All right, got my pen paper. Go ahead. So, uh, just basically my name verbatim. So, um, if you if you see my name in the YouTube, are you watching uh, the YouTube live stream? Second, I'm actually on my computer, and I have to go it's, to the live stream. Hang out. So, um, it's A F U R A K A N. A F U R A African K A N Emporium E M P O R U M. Say it again, cause you broke up. Let me say E. Emporium Emporium E M P O R I U M. All right, let me read it back to E M P O P O Yep U M. Emporium. U N. Type your. Emporiums. Oh yeah, okay. African. R I U N. Okay, African Emporiums. Okay. Uh, African Emporium with the M on the end, and that's I and mean, that's basically you know you can do. Dot com and go and take my Facebook business page, or you can just do email at gmail.com. All you know, my business is tied to all my everything that I have in terms of my stock and uh, my health and wellness products, my African product is tied directly under my name. Same okay. okay. So I'll look at and the same thing as your Gmail, African point at gmail.com. Same thing. Right. And same way for my Twitter, the same way for my Facebook. You know, everything okay. is you know across the board under that under that thing. The funny thing on the leisure to Emerson and okay. I got that. Um understand because understanding investment now and I really um even 
because I'm still in of it. I do have like, let's say, one of these little investment apps or, or Acorn, one of them stats I have, and I uh, put a little money in for now. About to start, spread it out shortly, you know? So I'd start little as the, you know, the $5 that Dr. Boyce Walker prefer. Right. And, you know, that's been my mission all last year. Last year, we had the $5 campaign telling people, uh, you know, to get you started doing, you know, what we call, you know, this hard saving $5 a day. Imagine to put away $5 a day, right? And save it to the end of the year, which is 365 days in the year. Mm -hmm. A discipline saving for, for people that, you know, celebrate Kwanzaa, Christmas, Hanukkah, whatever you celebrate, depends on your, you know, your belief. That paid off your entire, you know, holiday uh, shopping spree right there. Of the day. And, and you know, just the power of understanding, you know, compound, uh, what they call dollar cost averaging. Dollars every day and watching it grow, right? To what? Eight, what's that? Eight million dollars at the end of the year? At the end of the year? That you, that you just saved just by doing some discipline saving. About that for a moment. You just did some discipline saving and you was able to put away $1,800, $5, put in the shoebox, forget about it. $5 a day, put in the shoebox, forget about it. Extra in there. And if you also have a spouse, imagine if both of you guys were doing it. You started out the same way. I started out a little bit before, then she came along and she started doing it. Five, that was $10 a day. Right, so ten dollars a day times three hundred sixty-five is how much? Uh, three thousand six hundred fifty dollars at the end of the year. Mm-hmm. That paid off what? A big chunk of a bill. That I mean, it, it paid off some bills. It, it, it bought your holiday shopping spree if you if you you know peruse those kind of things. Uh, it, it could turn around and go into one big uh, block investment through the common stocks and crypto, the crypto space moves basically and you did all that without necessarily compounding interest on top of it under the uh the average price but dollar cost averaging into that five dollars a day these are things that we that we have to become more like i say uh uh that we need to learn how to make our money work for us right so this is how you do it by being a little bit more stingy going forward in the future and how to once again Put that money to work for you. Doing it. So I'm gonna ask this question real quick to everybody's paying attention on the chat right now. Keep going on and on. But how many of you guys? And it's Sunday. How many of you guys spent over fifty-six dollars, fifty or sixty bucks over this weekend from Friday to today? Necessarily, that you know, not appreciating terms of its value. Let that marinate for at least 50 or 60 bucks on something that, you know, that necessarily is not appreciating in its value right now, that you necessarily didn't have to have. So let that marinate for a moment, right? Now imagine if you took that same 50 or 60 bucks and when the stock market is open, right? And use your Robinhood app, which costs no commission to trade through it in or out. Once again, get with some brothers that know what they're doing to kind of help you. That could be that's running. That could, you know, we might have some. We got some stocks that we, that's probably gonna run again in Monday to put up some big numbers. And that stock or that particular stock may run, you know, ninety percent, a hundred percent plus in one day. 
percent or 200% or however far it runs in one day off that 50 bucks. Your money, or you almost what quadruple your money. So that 50 bucks can turn to what 250. Right? Now you take that same 50 bucks that you started out with in your, your pocket or your, your, your money market saving account that accrues interest. I hope that's what you guys doing. They got well over $2,500 in your, in your savings anyway. You make sure it's in the money market account that accrues interest. And now you play it off house money. The same way some people go to Vegas and obviously gamble for the opportunity to hit big on the crap table or the roulette table or if they play a five card, you know, or uh text the hold or whatever the case they they're they're basically trying to see if they can hit it hit big but they can risk losing everything and not get nothing back stock market's not like that so if you hear people that got that kind of man i don't mess with the stock market that's like gambling you know somehow older some of the young people brainwashed by that foolishness so it's not gambling it's what they call smart investing it's about understanding the power of equity staking in a, in a particular uh, person's company and how, how well they're doing. They have, you know, be a growth company or emerging emerging market type company that's going to have growth in the near future. So you're just saying, hey, I'm going to buy a piece of your company in relation to knowing that you're going to grow. Now, and y'all know as well as I know, what's the biggest selling shoe in the black community? Parentage right and I posted in the back chat, what's the biggest seller shoe in the black community that we buy more than anything on the planet? For shoes? And we already know what it is, but just for the sake of this conversation, we know what's going on. Now, how many people me invest actually in that company? Oh, it's parent company. $300 on some Jordans. As opposed to taking that two, three hundred dollars, or at least two hundred of it, letting it appreciate and and run wild. Be it you do a, you know a quarterly you know investment, or if you're just doing a day-to-day -day investment, if you want to do some day trading value in it, or just do some swing trading, grew that to to what you know six hundred bucks, eight hundred bucks, three pair, or you can let the house pay for your shoes now. And you're not blowing up your legal capital on the overpriced shoes that are not worth the, really the price that it's being uh, charged for. Let's be honest here. Uh, you know, global markets work in terms of you know uh, product assessment, or what they call valuations to make. And this is no slight against Jordan. Keep in mind, I respect the value. Jordan, the brother, put put together a great empire. But at this day in the game, you know, black people. That's at least above the age of, of 26 or 30, going out there, going broke just to buy some joys. Priorities are all jacked up, bro. No disrespect to you. Or sister. Jacked up. If you're above the age of 26 years old and you're going broke just to buy some shoes on your feet, money into the market that can grow you and put some clothes on your back or some opportunities before you in terms of skill set and learning how to invest in people like Cheryl or Monica to get some more money, jacked up. Or give me the brothers that's you know investing in the stock market or the crypto space, your priorities are all jacked up. I gotta you know look good so I can go to the club, you know, so you can go to the club and liquidate more your assets and buying all these expensive drinks. Your priorities are messed up. You can't party now and be broke. You cannot party and be broke. You know, so 
you need other ways to once again procure capital. And that's going to be the market. If you don't really want to trust the market altogether, I get it. Find other ways to get you some money going. Look at a low price and sell it high. You know, so, you know, again, you know, I just want to kind of reiterate that. Uh, and, and so we can kind of stay on point with this kind of information because it matters. In 2018, it matters more than anything I could ever even think about right now in terms of the black community. Having a deficit is in is our pockets. Or it's I got mine, you get yours. Share information on how to generate real wealth. All these intelligent people out here, these scholars, they got all this, you know, good methodology and how to research well, but no one is in learning how to invest in the market. To grow them, grow them some uh, some money. But you're not putting that information to work that's procuring you or learn how to monetize it. Not good. So in the interim of doing that or doing those things, come money along the way to finance my, my, my book or finance my trip to you know Ghana or finance my trip to Kemet. Finance my business plan to get you know my t-shirt company off the ground running. Or finance my business plan, you know, to uh, to grow my you know my um my vegan website or whatever the case this well, let the market pay for it that's what everybody else do it's get put through college trust cds bonds and stock market investment their parents set when they was a basically what two three years old their mom was investing in the stock market or their dad was investing in the stock market for that child already took 20 percent or ten percent of their annual income and put it in a trust for for they for their child and they walk away from it. So hey, here's your eighteen year old present. Oh, I got what one hundred eighty thousand dollars. Yeah, this is all yours. This is gonna pay your college. Stock market for you back when you was you know in diapers. Oh, extra fifty thousand dollars. We also put in another fund for you where you can have some spending money. I get to roll around cars in the Corvette or something like that now. You know, this, this is how people, this is how it, this game African, works. African important. Mm -hmm. um, I know you talked about, I think you talked about the $5 a day, the apps. I don't know if you mentioned apps, but like I noticed that a lot of um, individuals who are hungry for it, that want to learn, the new um, subscribers, those who are new, to the information that's probably being invited by someone else. Um, can you slow it down just a little bit and talk to the audience in reference to, um, when you guys talked about the $5 a day, because some people I notice if they have access to the money, um, then they're gonna withdraw it by the second month. So we got tax season coming up. We know a lot of our people right. buy into the earned income. They're gonna get at least 4,000 or more. Um, what app they could download? They need something. Some people just need something they can they can put money into that they can't touch to the end of the year. Like one in my mom used to um get the account where you could put money in the account, but you can't withdraw it until November. She used to pay right. the escrow and the insurance and the property taxes at the end of the year because right. she would put the money away all year before they started putting um your insurance and your your property taxes and your property and your property insurance in your mortgage, she would just put it in that bank account and just let it sit. And then that's also how she would do a holiday shopping or anything else. 
she would put that money away. Do you um? I don't know exactly what the name of that account is though. At the bank, Stash. Uh, you mean the 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 ETF based uh trading platform? Yeah, or... that or yeah, that either a trading platform or maybe accounts that they can start off and they can just put that money in. They don't touch because people that are starting new that aren't good with budgets that haven't really don't really understand long term putting things away long term but living check to check because that's maybe where they are like that's who I deal with on a daily basis you know we started the call center um I got like 13 people that work in these are low and moderate income individuals these are individuals that don't have money to just give away all the time however if right. you if give them that that five dollar option or give them that pay option where they can um send a couple of dollars from their direct deposit before they see it and they have <laughs> like that too automatic uh, with yes. uh, draft. correct yep. <laughs> correct right before they see it because you're talking dealing with working parents you know for whatever reason they're in their low to moderate income bracket but want but want to because they see people who are sharing and not judging right right and I think I think some people get they get um they're so comfortable with how where they are that they forgot their beginnings. And so sometimes when we talk about new investors, because you know I'm always dealing with the grassroots individual. That individual just starting out. They have no idea about nothing. They don't understand the knowledge. They don't understand anything. But they're eager to learn. Um, but get, putting them in a situation where they don't touch it and then they can actually see it later. Talk about some of those accounts. Um some of the stock accounts, you could take the money out, right? Yes. You, well, yeah, you I mean, you can, you can withdraw your money at any time. And for, for some people just starting out, sometimes they don't need that option. <laughs> right. To be honest with you, sometimes they just don't. You know, they need to they get it in the end and maybe they'll leave enough in there and it takes some of it out. But have liberty over everything we do but um i know that dealing with the group of the demographics that i'm dealing with um i try to push them into putting money into that bank account even though they're not getting a lot of um interest on their investment but it gets them at least to understand that look you did it now let's go and i know people have taken time and they've They've really crunched time like they wanted. They want it right now, like for real, for real, like next month. It's like, what? You want me to do what? How long? 30 days, please. I need right. my check right now. I'm like, no, you got to train first. <laughs> you know, right. they don't want to do that. They need because they are in a situation. I, mm -hmm. I think, you know, we, we got a lot of economic information out there. But for some of our people, we're speaking way over their head and they're really literally trying to survive the next day. And so some right. of the ethnicities are ahead of us in that they pay themselves like it's just in the state of South Carolina. It is no secret that the, the salary ratio is totally off. Right. You can have all the education wow. in the world and these cats is out salarying you by far. And you, so you got people who with degrees who've been working on job, career jobs, barely making over 30,000, right? So it, it's a problem. We, we face real economic patients, um, but you do have some people that's willing to start, but they can't have access to that money like every month, or they're going to have to meet some economic needs. I think with um with the whole credit deal and the investment deal, marrying it up with the government contracts or how to start your own business, your own job. You know, I, we we when Cheryl unfolded that call center deal and we really got into it on the ground and you can actually see the legitimacy of the platform and 
getting the revenues in and seeing people working and people being happy to be at home with their babies and working, man, that's that's power, that's economic power, that's black power. But in the same sense, you know, so when you tell them something like, they light up, you, you tell them like, okay, you, I just want you to be here with me for 90 days. I, I'm not trying to get you to be here every day because somebody else needs to be in your spot. I'm going to teach you to do this and own your own and you can do it yourself. Man, it changes the atmosphere. Right, <clears throat> right. And, you know, and on top of that, uh, just to add to that, why we were very adamant in terms of, you know, obviously in terms of Dr. Boss Watson, the Black Business School, obviously being affiliated with them. Where, you know, that whole stock market program got enacted or kicked off. That, you know, the brother was kind of really hammering on is the $5 a day saving plan. Kind of permeate, you know, perm the mind to realize that if you go out on a daily basis into a consumer global market, which you do every day you leave out the doors of your home, you is geared to take money from you at some point, looking to take money from you. What happens is if you go out the door with a set budget in mind, kind of spending over that because you know this, you know, attract you or you know, somebody, you know, hey, you know, could you do this and pick this up from me? You end up sometimes spending over that amount. But ultimately, you know, in most cases, before you know it, you already over five dollars, two or three hours of being outside your home, you know, easily that you didn't blue. It could be stopping at the corner store, the bodega, wherever, and all this other little stuff, you know. And you didn't blew five bucks on literally a bag of chips and a soda vein there. Five bucks, right? As opposed to saying, hey, let me put this five dollars away in a shoebox, uh, you know, enough to say, you let me put this five dollars away. And if it's not even five bucks, keep in mind, we had people that were doing it at a dollar. A dollar a day still equals $365 at the end of the year. To a lot of people, that's like, man, that's not a whole lot of money. The heck you think? $365 is not a lot of money, especially knowing what I do in terms of stock market, because I know if I could take that $365 and put it into the market, setting in the right particular asset, you know, with the right due diligence behind, especially if I swing trade or day trade, I could turn that 365 into 1100, 1200 bucks in one day. Computer or my smartphone, you know. So, you know, what you said is something that's very, you know, serious, Monica, about how we are so in terms of, you know, uh, you know, our bills or our particular, you know, that was in this heightened stage all the time where we just frantic about you know money having it or the lack thereof and not knowing, knowing how to you know keep it in our homes in a way where it can grow you know or it can materialize into something that can really benefit us down the road as opposed to saying fat as soon as i get it i have to spin it i get it it's gone as my mom always say you know it, or my dad would say it's burning a hole in your pocket you know do you think um? Mm -hmm. Do you think it's wise before someone? Uh, so which one you think would be a wise option? You, because you know, soon as we come out of high school or you come out of college, the first thing you got on your mind is transportation and getting a house. That's all you hear people talk about. Oh, I'm gonna buy me a house. I'm gonna buy me a house. Some some people buy way beyond their means, and and others, you know, buy vehicles that they can't you really afford. So they eat up all of the funding that they yeah. really make. Yeah. They, go ahead. I'm sorry. You're right. You know, you you own it. You, you 
you're on it 100%. This is basically the problem with from a socio-political perspective in terms of the black community. They graduate or get close to graduation, can wait to kick us out, or we can't wait to get out of the house. Other particular sectors of society, different people, they say, no, if we can find your cause that's close by, you're going to stay close to the area so we can save money. Right? And it's just, you know, necessary that you get out. Save money. If you go out there and you don't know how to budget your finances properly, per se, right, with those kind of, you know, bad habits or not, you know, the parents ain't really sit you down and teach you how to, you know, protect your capital and grow your money or, you know, how to survive at home in about a, a semester or two. You know, if you're not disciplined enough to realize, you know, how to protect yourself throughout your, you know, your educational process, you're stressed out. You're going to start following the wrong crowd. You're going to start spending too much money on things you don't need to, you know, and then you're going to find yourself underwater. You know, I did when I first, um, because I didn't have the investment thing down packed when I first, well, after I came out of college in the military, I started using, this is to be real funny, most people, they're going to call me pseudo, but I used, I started using the tithing principle. So I stopped tithing at the church. I stopped giving them my 10% and I started saving my 10%. And you know and what? when they asked me why, they, I got asked, you know, you don't right. put any money in church. I said, well, I give an offering. They was like, well, you know, you used to give this amount. Now you get this amount. I said, well, I started tithing to myself. <laughs> And that's the best thing you could ever done for yourself. The best thing you ever could have done for yourself is tied to yourself. For most of the people that's paying attention right now to the live stream, we are on a different level now in terms of how we look at those kind of things because we've been wake, awakened to this information and knowledge of self. And we realize a lot of that stuff we were doing in terms of that of just giving our money away frivolously that necessarily didn't benefit us on the back end more than the feel-good moment. Yeah. And think I also... I also... Say it again. I'm just saying, think about how many people lost their homes through tithing. Yeah. Lost their cars through tithing. Had to, you know, drop what they were doing through tithing because they gave more than they actually were having uh, coming in. Yeah. I also, um, you know, I used to watch the Prince. There was a, a principle of... Um, save up for three years yeah work for three years so that it can sustain you for three years plus one and so right. i used to pay attention to how my money would flow and you know what times of the year you know i would be in abundance at what time i'd be stagnant and um i started doing that and i was like whoa this junk is real like that would that would be a real time of the year of this through the times where I would actually just be like at a stance and all of a sudden then abundance and everything would just start popping and then so I started paying attention to seasons or what was happening in the world in reference to dollars and what was going on and what was best to buy but you know you, you talk to some people you try to tell some people that they look at you like crazy because they don't know when they make money when not that's why that cash app that my econ has that shows you your profit and loss statement and it shows you by the month um January to December and you can see what you're spending if you're you know if you're uploading your stuff you can see what you're spending and how much income you're bringing in, bounce it based off the month, right? So you could you could see the dollar, you could see the income, you could see the expenses, and you could know when your high and low periods. So I started watching the trend 
from a business perspective as well as personal and was and able to make some adjustments along the way throughout the year. Now, for most people, that's, that's you know, that's too much and too far-fetched because they don't want to look at a 12-month calendar. They can only look at every two weeks. Right. But <clears throat> go ahead. No, you're right. And and that's something that, that you know, that I give credit to Dr. Dr. Boyce as well about, like, a lot of our people don't even know about uh, uh, a CAC, a CAC, uh, uh, instrument or what they call compound annuity calculator. And how to use those uh, income calculators even put themselves in a, in a better you know perspective and how they need to spend not spend. A lot of stuff freehand, freehandedly. We just we do it on a whim. <laughs> you know we don't want to sit down and do nothing that has to do with plan strategic planning. You know, proper methodology when it comes to understanding our uh, our resources and how to make sure we keep them in a longevity perspective. And that's the pseudo man. I ain't got time for that man. I know how to count my money. I know how to budget my money. At the end of the month, what happens? Oh man, I'm short this or I'm short that. Too much at this moment. You spent too much in, in that scenario, or you you know you get what I'm saying. We liquidating you know, firewall in a sense, like like you were saying, kind of going over budget. In a way where it's not necessarily, you know, necessary in a sense. So if you're doing the five dollars a day program where you're putting five dollars away, when you're doing the stash account, well, you put five dollars a day, or just do thirty-five dollars in a week in one payment. Start kind of fixing that problem because the one thing I will say, you still have a two or three day grace period before you can even take it out. So if you did put money there anyway, you can't take it out the next day anyway. So you still stuck, you know, <laughs> in terms of because the money has to sell. It has to go through the ACH, you know, protocol value before it even sells back into your account or where you could transfer it to your bank. Three days, yeah, give or take, but it's still, you know, hey, slow your, 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 your horse a little bit and think about it real quick, what you're doing here. A dire emergency you know, scenario right here, you know. So so many different things that you know I, we have to be uh, on a daily basis going forward because we, we cannot go go about it the same way we've been doing at this point. Yeah, it just you just can't you do know, it anymore. Yeah, you know when um I think we got a real reality check uh, for those who uh, government employees in particularly in the military when they did that when they made us do that furlough work without pay and you didn't get raises in the last ten years and you realize no that, you know because you know she. You know, green suit, but still, they they was even threatening green suiters. So you know Every, what it is. Everybody, and so you realize that because you knew every year you was gonna get three percent raise when you made annual, and you was gonna get another three percent raise when you got you know your calendar year. But boy, when they shut that down and started adding more taxes to your insurance, and they dropped the early retire, they dropped the twenty year retirement, and told you if you don't, you didn't invest the TSP, you don't get a retirement. Man, reality check kicked in really fast for those who are comfortable. And and I went back and look, I had to go back and look at my dollars and, and say, you know what, when was I, more, you know, at what point did I start making enough money to be comfortable with all expenses, with whatever I had? And man, I took my dollar amount way back and I said, okay, everything above that, you know, I'm going to watch them and buffer because if they do this again, this could put people in a situation. So, you know, when I bought my house, I didn't go beyond my me. People was like, why you buy a bigger house? You going to make the payment? Oh, no. You see what they just did to us? Ten years, no raises. If I had gotten a house over 
$1,500 a month, two Gs a month, I would have been in a situation. Negative. I was like, oh, nah, I'm looking. Yeah. Our, our first we did the same thing. I guarantee we bought a starter house down in Hinesville. With the, I was at Fort Stewart. Uh, the wife was just there. We bought a starter house uh, down there. I think the house was like, praise that, $112,000. We could have, you know, I, we was, you know, proved well over there, obviously. Sense to do that. We're not going to be here long, you know. This is a way station, a house in an area that's going to be, you know, useful for for obviously procuring income in terms of putting the rent in there. Go to work for you. And that's exactly what we do. We did. Absolutely. That house been cleaning itself out since day one. We haven't gone no more than two weeks between tenants every time because we got a nice house and. The price point and the value of it being close to post. Yep. And you know, <laughs> and people who get married, same thing. You know, of course you don't marry to divorce, but in the same sense, you know, just because you bring it in up two incomes don't mean you need to upgrade. How about you invest instead till you, you get that's the money when you go to buy See, the here's how the game works. And this, once again, I hang you know, I'm starting y'all, whatever. It ain't no secret. Uh, people that this is what they do all, all, all day, every day. I mean, they make tons of money. And I was, I'm talking about people that's in this field that I have close knit, you know, mentoring with, or you know, we building together with, well over, you know, seven figures, right? And, and got family members that's in this space or in this material, whatever the case. They, this is how they sustain themselves. They use the global markets at their advantage. They don't spend what they don't need to spend. They're buying a house, most of these people that's buying houses that, that's on that persuasion value, they actually got, they buy the house outright. I'm just, I mean, they buy it outright. So that way they don't have to deal with all that interest value. These 50 to 75% down in one walk, interest payments are pretty much next to nothing. Right? So like you were just saying earlier, how we overfinance, Put a uh, overvaluation on our particular opportunity and income. Think about inflation. Not think about budget cuts. Not think about uh, fiscal irresponsibility that comes in from Democratic parties to Republican party. And we overstretch our scenario for the moment to have a dream, dream feeling, crashing down five, six years later. Something happened on the job. Or they, if they see, or if they see your demographic making waves by the by the provisions they put in place. Then they start making changes. Like a lot of people start getting the tax, the new tax reform. A lot of people start getting into business and the MLMs making their money off of the business. And you notice, know, and right now with the new um reform, they gonna they increase the damn itemized deductions. Yes. You know? And yeah. so make it just a little way because everything is automated. All that they have to do is run the numbers and see what the average is and push it above that to see if you're going to make that cutoff. And so now if you hadn't been paying attention, when it's time for you to file, you're going to be looking crazy because this stuff is all It's constantly being monitored. And this is how I keep saying, I keep stressing. I will go down stressing and fighting for black people to realize this and this doesn't make me a guru this not this does not make me a financial guru this doesn't mean i have no, all the knowledge when it comes to the market or financial literacy it's not don't get it twisted i'm the most humble brother you guys ever meet pride and passion for a reason because i realize how important this is for 
us to start realizing why we need to get in the game. Everybody else has been doing it, and you and I I keep using this scenario here, Sister Monica and Sister Cheryl. I always use this scenario or this this example. Got a college degree, and let's say you're making at least let's say a hundred thousand dollars a year, right? Peer, right? And let's say a white peer or Arab peer or Indian peer, pretty much the same salaries you're making. Y'all pretty much holding down the same position in that company at the same time, right? Come a little different. You had to kind of struggle and fight to get where you are in your life in terms of where you at because we know we didn't have that silver spoon mentality. Other person kind of came in probably on the immigrant program, whatever the case, or just you know got in pretty well because you know they got connected and plugged through the system and got up to where they are where they at now. Same coworker, right? Makes the same amount of money as you do. A car that's fifteen to twenty thousand dollars more than yours is an extra thousand thousand square feet bigger than yours. Obviously, uh, another you know eight hundred to nine hundred to a thousand dollars more in the mortgage than yours, and that, that's throughout a lot of the other things that they have. And you are asking yourself, like, well, how is this possible? Money. How do they have extra things, or you know, bigger procurements of things than than what I have? And we've on the same path, and it's it. I mean, I mean, I know, you know, the files may, you know, you may know a little bit of the business now, but they ain't making all that much more too. So how do they have all this? Because they are invested. Invested in the global financial market, but young going to work every day waiting for Mr. Charlie to pay them a paycheck. Yep. They're taking their capital and putting it to work. They're not saying, oh, let me go blow it all on this. Blow it all on that. They're saying, no, every dollar counts. I'm going to put it to work. Percentage of their, of their of their monthly revenue or the income that they have in the miscellaneous uh, fund be the escrow because you know, that's another way of learning how to save your money put it in the escrow like we're talking about earth same when you do with a house and we have a uh, emergency uh house utility fund so you see what i'm saying you can have backup for your backup right but ultimately into the market that's how this, that's what pays for all of it the market pays for it i don't think uh, off of, i'm just using a, a clear point if you make let's say you make uh, we're talking about a hundred thousand dollars a year right um that's roughly about uh roughly about what uh ten thousand eleven thousand uh, about ten thousand dollars right a, a month around there right close we know it's a little over but just like you would do ten thousand dollars for, for the equal value of the money they take 10 uh, excuse me 20 percent of that ten thousand dollars a month which is what uh two thousand two thousand dollars right and invest that into the stock market at least a minimum of two thousand dollars off that ten thousand monthly and from month the month or quarter to quarter, the four quarters out the fiscal, right? Thousand and and one quarter appreciates. Let's say you know, uh, you know, fifty uh, percent. Uh, we're just using millions of fifty percent, a thousand bucks, right? So that's three thousand dollars you get out of a two thousand dollar investment, just putting it away and letting it forget. And that's just a low scale value. Because if you day trading it or you intraday trade or swing trading it, I was on a once again 800% runner in a day or 700% runner in one day. Right? That, 
and that's two or three months worth of you know so-called escrow save wages or earnings in the market that had paid off your mortgage uh two or three months four months in advance on one investment so that means you are mortgage free for two or three months smart investment you made on a two thousand dollar you know out of your money or you bought some crypto or some kind of crypto value currency and it did what it did we just you know you got to see a day trade no you could do it on a scale set it and forget just do a quarterly investment a dividend and in a quarterly fashion you could do that in terms of your investment value and this is how you know i i, I keep saying stuff because i know you know our people are very intelligent but we just like you were saying earlier sister monica we don't know where to start how to start and why to start in most cases we're starting exactly keep talking about it enough that at some point it's sparking interest in one of two or three of you guys to start doing it by investing since i've been investing at you know full time especially as an intraday trader swing trader long-term investors investing is not a lazy man game it's not a lazy man's game. There's no way you're gonna sit around and and just you know get get lucky all the time in the stock market without putting in some kind of skin in the game, some due diligence or some homework. You become astute to this stuff. It becomes like running water to you. Once you get this, there on this planet, that's gonna be better to you in terms of number one, the financial opportunity in terms of how well you can grow capital overnight. That puts you not uh, geographically located into one area. Meaning you can do this anywhere around the planet as long as you have a Wi Fi signal and a laptop or a computer. Period. You can't do it with your job. Fuck, you don't get paid. I can go to Africa right now. If I can pick up a landline or landline or Wi Fi signal, I can still trade the financial market to make money. People go on vacation, they ain't making no money. They already planned in advance, but they make they lose money every day out there on the vacation. And they on vacation. That's what I'm trying to get people to see. You can do this. What that happened with Hurricane Harvey? When we had that conversation back when we were doing the, you know, the uh, you know, find a way to kind of help the people and brothers and sisters that was going through that in Houston. Some of those people over there, unfortunately, five people that was trapped over there was still invested. Guess what? The stock market was still open. Open, even though the hurricane was over there just running through and ravaging people's lives. The stock market was still open. Stock market down for earthquakes. Do they shut the stock market down for blizzards? Stock market down for hurricanes and, and, and excuse me, tornadoes. Do they shut the stock market down for floods in your neighborhood? down because your Democrats and Republican leader in your particular district can't get along and they got all kinds of issues. Stock market down just because, you know, uh, uh, unfortunately, a uh, 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 police may shoot one of our brothers and sisters in the streets or anybody, anybody, they shut the stock market down for them days. If you can't see the value and the opportunity alone dollars are being moved around the globe every day they trick jp morgan 
Morgan, they move over a trillion dollars themselves in a day. Oh, that's just one financial global uh, giant. Goldman Sachs and T.D. Rowe, Deutsche Bank, uh, the uh, uh, Barclays, and the rest of these other big name financial institutions. J.P. Morgan alone move a trillion. And Europe could be. You have to go to work to contribute to that financial value of the company that pays into JP Morgan to do investments for your 401k or your TSP to even be lucrative value and worse up. Oh, let me also go into the market and invest some of this money on my own reconnaissance. Let me get my slice of the, uh, the, the pie as well. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? We're saying, no, it's all right. I'm going to be all right, bro. It's, it's cool. I don't need all that, bro. That's the white man stuff, bro. Yeah. And I turn around, ask that brother. I said, are, are you employed? Are you an entrepreneur? Do you have your own business system? Do you file a tax return? Are you into a, you know, a co-op system or any kind of way where you're still linked to the government? And they answer yes to any of those questions. And guess what? They back with hustling to receive twice as less because they're so anti-opportunity in terms of being in a system that, and we know capitalism is, is straight crap, I get it, here and not fit, realize the power that you have if you know how to invest in these financial markets. So I keep there to our people every day. Why aren't you investing? And this I, I ask those questions, you know, with the most indignity behind it. Why aren't you? And then why aren't you teaching your kids how to do it? It's simple. Teaching kids because they perpetuate and they perpetuate stay in your place. This is what my that's why Tuppy said uh, how we look at real actual education for the past whatever decade is training. We had to draw from training action. Amos Wilson said this decades ago, 20, 22, 23 years ago, from what his message saying, a lot of these that came for us. So we find ourselves today. And people are going to keep perpetuating this mindset. Until one day when majority when they start cut out the middle and the lower, they don't have one cuss. You know what I'm saying? That's I mean a lot of it is just that. And we know it to be that too, because we know the answer to our problem, right? Every day. Indirectly or directly to someone or to some particular body of people. We know the answers, but we don't have the courage or the intestinal fortitude to do something. We are still skittish about investing uh, in other black people, let alone ourselves. Sales. That's what's really tragic. Like, like if I say, "Hey, brothers, hey, sisters, here's some information to help you learn how to make money or grow you, grow you some income." There's, you don't have to, you know, it's not. Don't come with, you know, uh, uh, you know, a big fee. You don't have to come to me and and do this. No, and I get it every day. You got a smart phone laptop the same information i see every day the same way 
how you see it as opposed to how I see it. But if I can help you learn how to realize what you're seeing and how to put it into practice, then you don't need me. You all, all you find out all alone. All you needed was yourself, meaning courage. You know, and and, and some, you know some intestinal fortitude to want to get this done. You go to work, and you learn how to once again take a scenario where you know you own the job. Let's say eight o'clock. You you're nine to five. Let's say nine to five. The stock market opens up at nine thirty. Right. Two, three days in advance, you did some due diligence on a particular company, asset, equity, share, company, whatever. You want to buy some of that, some of that company because they got good news coming out, some new biotechnology, uh, AI technology. We all talked about that earlier. Some kind of blockchain integration, whatever the case. And you want to invest in that company and hold that stock more than two or three days because you can't sit there and look at it throughout the whole day. A swing trade, I mean you hold a stock for more than two or three days. You at work at, at, at nine, the stock market goes up at 9.30. You purchase the stock at 9.30. Whatever case you buy, I, I show people how to do this. You go pay, go buy that stock in the bathroom. Hey, I'm like, hey, this stock is moving. You seen it yourself. You know, this is a potential that it may do this and do this, whatever the case. Jumps up and runs 200%, 300%, right? Right? Your initial investment, once again, 1000 bucks. I just said, well, it wasn't a thousand. I'll speak about one particular case. I know it just happened. It's on CNET, right? The stock ran once again 700%, 700 plus percent in one day. Same price I did. I got in at three bucks. I think a little bit around 360, 370, somewhere around there with a thousand dollars. The stock ran to $11.90. It went to $11.99 to be exact. Matter of literally about what, two or three hours, somewhere around, if I get a good mistake. So that means he walked away with how much? About what, $6,000? Total about $7,000, including the $1,000 initial investment he put down? Hours. Facts. Facts. And even he didn't sell in that spike because he might have been busy at work. The stock still was up to uh, eight dollars, eight to nine dollars the next day. So he was still up, what, uh, two, three hundred percent. Day when the market opened back up again, when the stock was hovering around seven to eight bucks, about two or three thousand dollars extra, somewhere around there. Now a little, little bit more, give or take. He bought it one day and sold it on the next day when he was able to kind of. And he made an extra $3,000, $4,000 in one swing trade. And this is how you still learn how to still learn how to be invested and still, you know, that's afforded to you by having the free will to do it. That comes with no stipulations. But start working. Guess what? They can discriminate against you because your race, color, creed, sex, gender, whatever, belief system, none of that stuff matters. You know, mess with you over somebody else, it does not work that way, period. And realize about the stock market. Nobody don't know who I am when I'm sitting on the other end of my computer investing in the stock market. That's trading around the whole planet, investing into a particular asset.
they can't do none of that. Now that's one thing you got to realize and get excited about. Your job, you can't bank on that. <laughs> you are a good position, black folk, but you got to start realizing you can't walk around your whole life skittish, fearful, scared, worried, stressed, just all these negatives and not do something to change your situation. So once again, the Dagger Squad out there that are actually doing something to try to, you know, or giving their time to try to show, you know, or give themselves time to show you how to do something with, you know, and, 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 and you need to at least look into it. And nothing else, it takes nothing to look into it. Somebody asked, do I do uh, Forex in future? I don't do Forex. Uh, I do a dev in the futures here and there. Uh, but guess what? I got a team of people around me that do this stuff. So, with one of our forwards guys, get you going, right? I can give you some information on the futures, get you going. Oh, now think about it. Natural gas went through the roof last week. So, if any of you guys has invested, the UGAZ uh, AZ last week, because it what we had this East Coast and the price of natural gas went up. Were trading it like like that 20 bucks, 23 or like 20, 30 bucks, if I'm not mistaken. It went all the way up to near 80 dollars four days <laughs> because it went to storm. I mean, think about that. That's well over 200, 200 some percent in a like two or three day swing swing period. Two gas. You know what I'm saying? And, and just setting it for two or three days and just let it go because of the winter storm because natural gas became what? A high commodity. And banked on it. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's also because it got cold. got cold. <laughs> natural gas. So, you're right, brother. Because in moments when those things matter, even natural disasters, like I said, it's very unfortunate. But, show when that hurricane tore Puerto Rico. Down at um Harvard, well, the Harvard and the other one that came to told Puerto Rico, store down there and off that opportunity. Unfortunate, unfortunate opportunity. Who made the most money off the opportunity? Home Depot on the island of Puerto Rico, and I think it's only one. All them building materials and supplies, Home Depot got all that money. A store down in Puerto Rico. You know what it did for the the uh the quarterly uh uh financial report or uh, uh Q3 report for um for Home Depot what it did for its sales is bottom line for that for that uh, quarter. Bottom line exponentially overnight off that one catastrophic event. Another thing, when Florida got flooded out down there, all the rental cars got messed up, and they had to send all these other rental cars from Georgia and Alabama. And North Carolina had to go down and send their cars down the floor to get them people out of there. Just start skyrocketing on the stock market. True story. Here's you see everything happening around you every day. These are companies that are publicly traded on the on the you know, stock exchange, and you not taking advantage of it. A new Nike is getting ready to come out, Nike getting to release a new shoe. One shoe don't you know drive. The total market value of Nike, I get it, but 
that becomes the catalyst. A catalyst is something that, that, that catapults the opportunity of that particular company or information into a higher height. So it becomes a trigger, a trigger point or a trigger mechanism. Exposure. So every time you see a company, you know, come out with a lot of press releases, you know, back to back to back, imagine what it's doing for a stock value. I mean, it's going up because it's getting what? Airtime, exposure, investment. If I, if I ask half you guys, you know, to go in your refrigerator right now and name off me the first product you got in your refrigerator, I don't know the brother that was just at, that was on the live stream with us right now. I haven't cordially met you, but um, uh, if I ask you right now, brother, are you in your, in, 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 uh, somewhere around your refrigerator or anywhere near your pantry or whatever? You must have got off the line. Neither here nor there, but basically what I'm saying is everything around us. I'm, I'm sorry, excuse me. He responded. Is somebody said. Yes, his phone breaking up. So I asked you, Sister Monica, since you're good. So I don't know where you're at in your house, Sister Monica. Look around your house right now. First name brand product that you have around your house right now in two seconds. I'm driving. <laughs> All right, what do you see? What, give me something you see around you. Anything, store. In my car? Anything, your car, around your outside scenery, just throw out a name. Throw me out a business name that you see right now. Business name or product or anything. Abduware, sorry. Okay, new, uh, Ashley Stewart. I got an Ashley Stewart shirt. Ashley Stewart. Ashley Stewart. Ashley Stewart probably publicly traded. Retail. Probably. Right. I got some Abduware on. I got my RBGs on too. <laughs> right. So one day, it can be publicly traded. The centralized value of it, he can get what? He can do an ICO. Initial coin offering, start up him up Bitcoin. For his company, for his shoe wear. Black business uh, commerce through, you know, sports apparel or sneakers or just African clothing, that integrated to the blockchain where he can get exposure to other companies down, I mean, other people down, let's say, in South America or in Africa or whomever, directly through his ICO or his token. He don't have to even go through the centralized value of it by getting a Dunham Bradstreet number and then going to get public trade to go through all that paperwork. He can go strictly through ICO, a token, uh, um, uh, uh, um, a token, um, crowdfunding thing going, raise some money, and he can take that money and integrate his business through a blockchain technology where he can offer his products through that scenario. Where he would have to pay twenty to thirty to hundred some thousand dollars to get listed, but NYC sometimes offers more than that to get listed. In some cases, depending on how you're coming in, if you're not coming in the OTC market, a lot cheaper for a lot less and unregulated value where he don't give up most of his capital and take that money to work. Or R&D person uh, integrate his business to a, some kind of blockchain technology software. He run it. He up and running. Two million, three million. He can set his standards low. He didn't have to do like some of these companies that come out ICOs and they they raise over 40, 70 million dollars on the ICOs. I'm running. 
See, people don't see the long term. You don't get, you don't get uh, money that you have in investments. You don't you don't get taxed on that, right? If it's there, that dollar amount don't count towards your taxable income. It's only when you when you withdraw it, right? Only when you sell it. Oh, let me let me run this down real quick, real quick for everybody that's new to the crypto coins. I can give you. Uh, and we got a sister that does, that did a live stream on this one of the groups. I mean, uh, cryptocurrency for black people. She just did a live stream on understanding how to do the taxes on cryptocurrency and also your common stocks too. But also, I don't know if you go, did, guys do know, capital gain tax has been lowered under Donald Trump, which makes sense because they want to say what the breaks where they can get more money off the investments, right? To kind of bring companies back to America's shoreline, right? Depends on your tax bracket, obviously, though. But here's what's cool about that. You are still invested in the cryptocurrency space right now, being that it's still unregulated. And this is by law. Now, this ain't just speculation and conjecture. I'm just talking outside of my head. This is per the IRS. They still they still trying to find ways to regulate and crack down on it, do what they can to so-called crack down on it. You can uh, uh, withdraw up to nine thousand dollars tax. If you so choose for if they decide to come after you. Only when you hit that ten thousand mark, and it might have been lower, but since the last conversation it was at twenty thousand, then they lowered to ten thousand. But ten thousand dollars all together in one in one drop of your so-called cryptocurrency uh investment, they can honestly come after you for the tax. Or you will have to pay that ten thousand dollar value or uh uh, sale of that particular asset at that moment. Unregulated. And this ain't no inside of the scenario. This is per the IRS. So go back like the banking system. Can't have you drawing twenty thousand of cryptocurrency that's you know bank only regulates ten thousand on average. Right. So and in that moment, war chest together and you don't want to you don't have to deal with that. You have to deal with that. And they can't I'm not saying they can't it's, it's not come at you. This ain't do you do diligence, guys. This ain't me just talking. Go do you do diligence. So if you take down you hit that that two thousand, pay the tax on it because it has money anyway. It goes for your taxable income. You'll get some, you're gonna get most of it back anyway, especially that right side. Well, I was saying, I was saying, oh, somebody I was saying, uh, I was saying, um, in regards to cryptocurrency, uh, hey, social media, especially people I have friends, females, some criticize the cryptocurrency movement. Okay, go ahead. Mm -hmm. you know, this is a movement they try to push people they try and get off to and get people digital um, what call computerized currency play along or not they should anything when they start transferring money into different areas now wrong for the past now eight is in is existent because they're trying to sway people and people don't want to go to that direction but you're going to have to go that direction because 
profit the most are now getting this direction. The ones that talk about all oh, this badness and it's going to crash. But I'll jump on now and say, wait till after waiting up when the money doesn't have no value. Anyway, push people to be pushed. They're going to wait till it happens and that they are way left behind. Certain dumb people criticize about what people are jumping on. I say, you don't want to see how to jump on it all, but you should try to participate in moving some of your pro way into this. It's smart now There's wait till after when they start putting it fully. Then you start jumping on it, and now you, you got to play catch up. And people, and I've learned, catch up. They wait until it's validating systems, then they start jumping on. No, by the time you jump, it'll be too late. Just like when anything out here is conspiracy and all that stuff, they say, well, if you had to wait until it's conspiring, conspire, it'll be already twit. People got to get out this illusion of wait until people are, until things are validated to start jumping on. That is too late. Uh-huh. I, mean, I learned the hard way years ago. Currency back in 2011. I ain't really jump on my investment. I just started learning about investment a year and a half. And I think back then I said, if I only took a risk, shit, could have been a millionaire. When it was very less, like you could bet, buy it from the pennies of the stocks. Right. And let's go a step further, bro. Like I said, but that's the mentality of most of our people. And it's unfortunate because we're always the last to know and the last to grow. I, I mean, the proxy of, a lot of things that we haven't fixed within ourselves from a mental perspective. That's the that's part of design. Right. Who to trust, who not to trust, what to trust, what not to trust. So we sit on the sideline, we say, see, I told you so. We waiting to, we wait, we're waiting around to see us and say the stuff like I told you so. I'm happy I did that. I'm happy I took that opportunity. I'm happy I got invested at that moment. I'm happy I got with the sister on the information about, you know, about the government grants and starting my business. With the brother, don't clean up my credit. I'm happy I got with the sister. You know, the sister don't give me a security clearance so I can take my, you know, my aspiration to the next level. Other about the stock information or, or the brother, you know, the sister on the health and, and the wealth. This man, you get my point. We're waiting for what? I don't know what. You're last, black people. Yep. On the global financial scale of life, you're last. Bottom, not last, we're on the bottom. We had one half at 1% in 100 years. We ain't moved. Ooh. And that's not by coincidence. That is by sheer by calculation and perpetual trauma that we have not addressed that's over that's almost 100 years. That's not years. Not by that is done by sheer. Think about that. That is fighting. Yes, I thought usually we were gonna move. Hold on, brother. I thought usually I would say we eventually it was gonna force us to move, but because of all what's played against us, these people are very intelligent. They put our people in. They know say it's only a matter of time that you know what what the trauma we went through that say you know we're gonna get it. So because they we we did such a number of them, we're not gonna heal them in time, and we don't expect them to heal us. Because they are on us, we got to get ourselves out of this. But this because is why, the people that 
you got people like Dr. Claude Anderson, you got people like uh, Dr. Emerson Wilson, one of our foremost uh, people that we need to listen to in terms of the psychology back. You got sisters like uh, the ancestors, Dr. Francis Crest Wellsling. You got uh, um, uh, a great, great brother, Dr. Neely Full. I mean, we got tons of people that. A lot of people. I need. Uh, yeah, Marami, you know Rudy, down in Atlanta, got a school going right now for bro. These, these people didn't put in the work. Doctor being Doctor, uh, we can go down the list. It's endless. Like how much more of our greats have to sacrifice this their level of their lives to get this information to pass on to you before you actually do something with it? I'll wait. How many more got to perish before you decide to say? Finally, let me get up and do something. So-called heavyweights and all your giants. So-called new scars you got out there that so-called beefing and bail. And you ain't got nothing else because you ain't motivated to get up off your behind and do nothing. So you're sitting around waiting for somebody else to happen to do something for yeah, you. Yeah, Please, please, please. Hold on one second, guys. We're going to be on for 15 more minutes, okay? Is that good? Yeah, whatever you got. In the live stream. Yeah, I'm going to end it tonight, today. minutes. Yes, sir. Yeah. All right, cool. Keep going, guys. Go ahead. So, you know, just want to touch on that real quick. So, I must again not uh, cut the brother, but we got to be serious about getting our stuff together. Yesterday, you blowing up your brother and sister that has these different various skills and opportunities to share the information with you. If they're willing to give it to you, it. Go get it. Why? Why wouldn't you? I don't have your best interest in mind. Something wrong. Something wrong. Cause you see the same stuff I see. This I come out. No, you can. You can fact check me. Same stuff I'm. I'm sitting there talking about. You go look at the numbers. Then you can be like, okay. Then what's gonna be the excuse? You know, I ain't ready right now. What? What you waiting on? So it, it, it makes no sense because I, I hit that same mark last year. Yeah, they got to get over the embarrassment and start somewhere. Thanks. And and start with somebody who's not going to put your, going to safeguard your information and not put your, your business out in the street. Too many people oh. have gotten burned by and information and they're embarrassed. Mm -hmm. We older, you know, your age, they'd be like, well, why you didn't do it early on? We don't need people like that. That's why when I give information, as a matter of fact, since we're about to be off for 15 minutes, we're doing an informational session tonight for the call center. Um, my phone ringing off the hook. So what we're gonna do? We're gonna do a um, do an information live stream. We're not gonna go Facebook live, but um, maybe if God still got time, we could do it on Dagger Squad channel uh, and on YouTube and put it out there. Cause Janice got like over 350 people interested in working from home. It, it's just too much for us to try to talk to everybody on the phone. Um, and so we're going to do an information session, and, and I make that point to say this. We're willing to give the information on how to make this happen, and, you you know, you can get you some residual income by starting and using somebody's platform and then breaking out onto your own. But guess what? you got to give up the time to be able to do it, you know. Right. And, and so that's what it's about. That's why um, I like being amongst all of you guys because you're giving out information that can start somebody from grassroots and they can build and, and just make create your benchmarks along the way. And then you'll be surprised where you'll be um, in a year, three years, and five years. But 
hey, listen, if we don't start from somewhere, get over your little embarrassment and start from somewhere so you can be a better person by the summer. Because when the summer, so summer hits, you know, people right. go wild. You're right. I was just about to say, pride aside, embarrassment, ain't nothing embarrassing about opportunity in terms of recruiting capital, your family. If that has, if that tarnishes your pride, your pride, then I guarantee you, you're going to be isolated for the rest of your life. If you got a problem with people bringing you financial information that's going to help, able, closing your back, roof over your head, opportunity before you that you can take advantage of, and it's legit because you know how to fact check. The same way you know how to fact check everything else, you can't learn how to fact check financial information. You need a banker or a broker or a CPA or somebody like that to give you this information that you can learn how to do this on your own. That's like a brother or sister on the corner need to have a CPA behind, behind the building. Every time he do something, he need to go in and check the CPA, man. You know, am I good? That makes no sense. Right? But we bent on trying to be yeah, we, the hardest person giving, on we're, Yeah, we're giving them information so that they can fact check their their CPA because some people once you when sometimes you start not new, they're so used to just telling you anything and you don't even take advantage of all your tax deductions. You know, we try to give you make you familiar with what you should be claiming. Right. And this so this, you, this, you, this is why I yeah. love this opportunity because it's transparent. I can't tell you nothing that you can't turn around and go fact check behind me and come behind me and look it up for yourself. That's what's so cool about this. This is a hundred percent fact check. Now go test it. Yep. Go test it. Now that's what I like to say. I like to say now go test it. Then they come back, well see, well see, you know, I, but yeah, man, but yeah, then that's when they come to yeah, but yeah, and all that then. Yeah. It just ain't real. And I respect that, but you need not be love, the opportunity because you want to be the pessimistic, right? Your your glass always half empty, half full. See, that's the difference. See, you want to be a constant pessimistic. Yeah, man. Yeah, and you ain't growing. You still stagnant. Three three years later, you still stagnant. Filled up two or three wine glasses since then. Because you have to start somewhere and you start and you don't have the time to sit around and wait. So I always keep saying you do not have a luxury to have a luxury. That's one of my biggest mantras. You do not, as a black person, have a luxury to have a luxury. Not in this country, not right now in this day and age. No man, we live in a capitalist system. You must say out your fucking mind. There's only a top and bottom. And if you don't operate properly or how to, how to operate properly in this type of system, shit, you're gonna be eating. You got to learn how to play the game, right? That's why I want to work for you. That's Dr. Boyce and Dr. Claudette and there's so many mothers out there that are trying to wake people up. And, and, and once again, I know we only got 10 minutes left before Garfield cut this, but like the brother was saying earlier too. Uh, what's your name, brother? I ain't even get your name cordially. What's your name? Oh, Eric. Nice to meet you, brother. Eric. My name is African Porn. So real quick, Bitcoin. And on January the 1st, last year, Year 2017, Bitcoin was trading at $963.06. That's it. $100. Right? Today, mm -hmm. Bitcoin is trading at 16000 I think 500 somewhere around the last time I checked. That means you'd have had $100 turned into how much? $5 in one year. Imagine. 
imagine if you had put a thousand dollars on Bitcoin just in January alone, January the first. Would have turned into what sixteen thousand dollars. Imagine if you had put down ten grand at the beginning of, of uh, January the first. Ten grand on January the first. No, no, we're just saying this. We're talking about just January the first alone. You, you've been up ten grand. You'd have been up one hundred and sixty, one hundred and sixty thousand dollars. Sixty thousand racks in one year in Bitcoin if you just invested 10 racks back on January the 1st. Let that marinate. And then guess what everybody said? Oh, it's too late, bro. It's already too high. 2,000. They were saying that when it hit 4,000. 6,000. Then it came around and said when it hit 8,000. 10,000. Man, they ain't gonna go no higher now. I'm done, man. I already missed the boat. Near 20,000. It went 20,000 in November, December, and then crashed a bit. Pull back. That's a natural correction. Everything has a correction point. And that's what you realize about the stock market when you understand how business and financial businesses work. It has to have a correction. It has to come down, stabilize, and then what? Then turn around and go back up or do what it's going to do. That's a correction. What they call a pullback. It's natural. It's healthy. It's always just, an apex. Yeah. It's so always an apex. What goes up? Must have to go back down, and what goes down must go back up. So I'm gonna give you a couple more numbers, and I'm gonna get off and let everybody else close out. Earlier, right? Ripple right now is on pace to to get old. And Ripple, trust me, if you got any kind of alternate coin out there that you're looking to buy, and you're excited about buying an alternate coin, a Bitcoin, uh, Ethereum, or Litecoin, it's one of the main ones I would advocate. And keep in mind, by all intents and purposes, as a disclaimer, I am not a accredited financial advisor. I'm only offering my opinion that you need to do your own due diligence and in the speculative market, you can and will lose money if you're not protecting your, your capital. Ripple was trading at 0065 on January the 1st. At 6500 of a penny on January the 1st. $100 on Ripple, January the 1st. $100 investment on Ripple on January the 1st Right now, that will be worth right now because Ripple's trading at around about two dollars and what? Uh, I want to say two dollars and sixty-seven cents. This I was just trading early. Thirty-six thousand dollars. One hundred dollars turned into thirty-six thousand dollars on a Ripple investment from two thousand seventeen to two thousand eighteen. Facts. You bought XEM, BCH, L. I can go down the list. We talk about. About Neo, Neo was trading at fourteen cents. Uh, the altcoin Neo, it was trading at fourteen cents on January the first, guys. Ain't at eighty something, ninety something dollars. You'd have hundred dollars would have brought you fifty five thousand. Thousand. If you'd have put a hundred dollars in XRB, these are companies that somebody comes that I invest in altcoins. If you'd put a hundred dollars in XRB. Trading at nine hundred of a penny, a one thousand of a penny, right? And January the first, they're trading at double zero nine, right? Double zero nine. If you put a hundred dollars in in XRB, three hundred and twenty thousand dollars. There goes your club money you was gonna throw away. There goes you know at least a portion of that money you're gonna buy on your jewelry, your Nikes. There goes 
Uh, some of that money was going to buy on potato chips and ice cream and candy you bought all year year long that you just could have saved. You see what I'm saying? You see what I'm, you see why I'm getting at this? Okay. Numbers don't, don't lie. Numbers don't lie. People do. Numbers don't lie. People do. I deal with the wrong numbers. That's how I can't know people can't come out and say, well, you just talk, go look at the numbers then. Come back and holler at me when you go look at the numbers then. I bet you get your mind right real quick. I think I missed the boat. Now, guess what? There's others out there. There's others out there running. Ada running this morning. ADA running this morning. Don't run in this morning. Easy money you could have made this morning if you know what you were doing. You jumped in, wrote up about 20, 30% cashed out. Quick three, four hundred bucks or a thousand bucks, depending on what you came in with. Right. That's your gas money, lunch money, and the kids' little extra stuff on the week. And you use the market to pay for it. Call it not none this week. Facts. So, power and profit to the family. Y'all know how to contact the family. DaggerSquad1 at gmail.com. You know, uh, I'm just grateful and humbled to be in the presence of y'all every day. Y'all know how I come in very humble and grateful. And with passion and persistence and dignity and integrity, I do this because I want to see us all have it. Of it. A global global body politic, getting together, making moves together. So when we come together, want to do something, we can do it because anybody can, no one can complain they ain't got no money. So I'll leave it at that. And you guys can close out and give the you know, give you guys this, uh contact information or whatnot y'all need. Power profit family. Oh, Mocha's gone. Oh, thank you again, African. No problem. So if you guys got a question real quick in the back chat, uh, like I say, African Porn is a business page or email daggersquad1 at gmail.com. I'm sure Sister Cheryl, yes. Sister Monica, uh, y'all need anything, you know, I can break this stuff down. I know I have a chance to really break down a lot of the questions you guys had in the uh, in the back chat. Uh, direct message me, whatever, and I can go into detail because I know some of you guys got some more questions you really want to get, you know, real in depth besides this kind of blanket statement. Okay, Sister Monica, you there? Sister, oh, brother Garfield, I'm about to say, Sister Sharon, let's say, yeah, I think she's gone. Okay. Thanks um, to African Emporium. Thanks to the brother Eric. Thanks to Cheryl, Monica. Thanks to um, brother Black Panther. Thanks to brother Ank for coming on, representing the Amirah squad. Thank you all for listening. It's been a beautiful day, beautiful experience, beautiful information. And um, again, don't just take our word for it. Do your own research, family. All right. Peace and one love. This is your brother Garfield. And we are out. If you want to contact us, Dagger Squad, the number one at gmail.com. That's Dagger Squad, the number one at gmail.com.